All right, we are live once again. Aloha and welcome everyone to another Paradigm Shift Central team podcast. Today's topic is on spiritual wisdom of healthy relationships. My name is Brendan, Mystic Spider-Man, Skull Babylon, and so grateful to be able to have you here with us once again for another heart-expanding, mind-opening, mind-opening, heart-expanding discussion. And as always, we've got some beautiful shifters. we got some fellow conscious creators here within the broadcast tonight, and I'm just going to bring them up on camera. We've got a small group to start off with, but I know the, the conversation is going to go deep. We've got myself, we've got Ian, and we've got Akua. Akua... <laughs> Am I? I always pronounce it wrong. Close enough, Akua. And we've also got uh, Kristen tuned in as well. And uh, and also, I believe uh, Ian is also uh, has a guest with them as well. So um, thank you to those of you who are joining us here. Thank you to those of you in the YouTube chat. Uh, we're just going to get things started here with a little bit of an introduction, quick little meditation, just to be able to drop into that energy and just a couple housekeeping notes before we get started officially. So for those of you who may be new to this, again, Paradigm Shift Central, this is a community of spiritual seekers and conscious media creators. So many of the people that we see here on the broadcast, they're people that are creating conscious content to be able to help inspire people, lead them back to their heart and help change the world. So this is a community of shifters, people who are actually helping assist with the shift in consciousness. And if you're tuned into this, then we invite you to be able to connect with the shifter within inside your heart as well. So all the links that you need for the info for this are in the info for this video, including our Paradigm to Central Team Discord, our Patreon, where you can join as a member for $11 a month, which is a super awesome value to be able to get access to ongoing member events, access to me for conscious media creation coaching, access to the full Paradigm to Central Discord, plus lots of other perks that we got going on there as well. Within the links of this video, you'll also find the links for all the creators that we feature within the broadcast. So we're encouraging you to go and connect and see what awesome things they are up to. And plus, you probably hear me talking about this. You can also find the link for all of the all the conscious creators that we have on Ibl as well. And again, Ibl is a new social media platform that myself and some of the other creators are focusing a lot of intention on. And we're also hosting additional events there uh, also in the week. So if you're looking for more paradigm shift conscious content, then be sure to check out Ibl and check out some of the conscious media events that I'm hosting there on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. EST, in addition to these events that we do on Thursdays at 8 p.m. EST. So so grateful to be able to have everyone here. And again, let's just take a moment to just be able to do a quick little meditation as we normally would. And then from there, we're going to go around the conversation and dive into this topic of spiritual wisdom of healthy relationships, obviously in theme with kind of like Valentine's Day and everything. And this is a topic that's always valuable to be able to go back to. So for those of you in the YouTube, for those of you here listening in the future, thank you so much. And go ahead and get yourself nice and comfortable. And let's just drop into a quick little meditation and uh, yeah, and then from there, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what, what wisdom the universe has to be able to share through tonight's discussion. For those of you on TikTok and Instagram, if you guys want to join in on YouTube, go ahead and click the link in my profile. For any of the, the Paradigm Shift Central members, uh, feel free to join in the Zoom at any point as you guys feel inspired to do so. You guys are always welcome. The more, the merrier. So go ahead and take a moment here. Let's just take this opportunity to just allow ourselves to just gently close our eyes. Just bring start to bring awareness to your breath. Just give yourself a chance to just slow down here. Soft, gentle inhales. And soft, gentle exhales. And maybe this is the first time today that you've actually taken just a few moments to really just be with your breath. And so as you allow your breath to naturally unfold, just allow yourself to really just arrive here within the present moments. 
allowing yourself to just arrive within the presence of the heart. And of course, the heart will be a very important theme of tonight's discussion, talking about the heart, talking about love, talking about the sacred mirrors that we all are. And so as you focus on your breath, allow yourself to just bring awareness to the gratitude within your heart. Gratitude for yourself, gratitude for the space, gratitude for the community, gratitude for the wisdom that we are holding space for to share. And as we just allow ourselves to just be here in this meditation, just taking a moment here to just visualize all of us just sitting in circle, sitting in sacred circle. As you just visualize all of us just arriving here in this moment, seeing each other's eyes, seeing the sacred journeys that have brought us to this point, and really just taking a moment here, like really, really deeply taking a moment here to acknowledge that each person that you see here in the circle is, yes, they're a person, but what does that mean? Each person is a vessel of experience, a vessel of knowledge, a vessel of wisdom. And so in the process of seeing that, we really get to be able to honor the fact that all of us have been on this lifelong journey of being able to learn, learn about relationships, relationships between ourselves, between the world, and in the theme of tonight, between other people. And through those relationships, also understanding a deeper relationship of ourselves. So right now, just take a moment to really just honor the wisdom of relationships that all of us already innately carry. So as you look around the circle, you can maybe just put your hands on your heart and just allow yourself to just speak from your heart to their heart, to all the heart of the people tuned in right now. What would you want to say to them? Something to just be able to nurture their spirit, inspire their soul, perhaps related to tonight's theme. What do you want to say to everyone here in the circle tonight? Beautiful. It's just holding that wisdom in your heart, allowing yourself to receive the wisdom that is being shared with each and every single one of us. And so as we look around this circle, just allowing ourselves to continue to hold this vibration with us into tonight's discussion and hold this image in our mind. So wherever you're listening, tuned in, inviting you to be a part of this energetic circle that we are creating space for in order to be able to create this beautiful mandala of wisdom and inspiration. So with this vibration within our heart, may we carry it forward into tonight's discussion. And when you're ready, with a soft, gentle smile on your face and a little bit of excitement, slowly bringing awareness back to your physical body. And when you're ready, you can gently wiggle your toes, wiggle your fingers. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes and return your awareness to the space around you. Beautiful. Awesome. Welcome back, everyone. And uh, we'll, we'll get right into things. And um, when we introduce each ourselves, you guys can go around and if you guys want to share anything that came up in the circle, like what you said to the other members in the circle, feel free. And uh, what I'll just share this real quick. Um, what I heard kind of arise within my heart is this basic idea that the, the, the wisdom we live is the wisdom we give. So, so anything that, that we experience is something that we can share. And, and I think we often underlook the value of experience. So, I mean, you know, in tonight's topic, um, going to be very relative because, you know, like we're, we're, we're talking about like the dynamics and the spiritual wisdom of healthy relationships. Well, it's just like, man, well, 
sometimes the only way to be able to figure out what a healthy relationship looks like is to be able to go through the experience of the opposite of that, of the yin and the yang. And, and it's oftentimes like in the polar regions um, that we allow ourselves to be able to, to open up to more clarity. So with that said, you know, for all of us here, just inviting in a little bit of, of you know, gentleness and, and just being able to just like really like send a little bit of extra love to all of those wounds that each and every single one of us carry when it comes to relationships. And if we open ourselves up to this idea that it's just like, wait a second, like, yes, I've experienced those. Yet with those, it's also given me this wisdom. And now here we are together with the opportunity to be able to share it. So as a community, we continue to cultivate and take those steps closer towards healthy relationships. And we'll talk more about what that means. So I'll share a little bit more about what I think, but let's just get the talking stick passed around the circle and we'll introduce uh, some of the, the speakers that we have here. Again, it's a smaller group, so we'll, we'll do our best to facilitate. Um, and for the other members, if you guys want to join in partway through, not a problem. And we'll just kind of go with the flow. So we'll start off just inviting you guys to just introduce yourselves and, you know, just share a little bit about, you know, like when you think of like what, like what is the spiritual wisdom of a healthy relationship to you? What is a healthy relationship to you? And so just as a little bit of context, like obviously when we're talking about relationships, we could be talking about relationships to objects and material things and circumstance. For tonight's topic, we'll be talking about relationships in relation to people, specifically people, but not just romantic, also platonic. So just narrowing in on that. And yeah, thank you again, everyone so much for being here. And I look forward to all being able to learn alongside and for those of you in the YouTube, and the TikTok and the Instagram, go ahead and leave your comments. And for those of you on TikTok and Instagram, click the link in my profile and tune in on YouTube. Um, we'll pass the talk and stick around then. So who would like to just be able to like introduce themselves first and, and just kind of share a little bit and, and not expecting you to share everything. We'll just kind of start bouncing things around. So whoever wants to go first, just go ahead and you can just put your, your finger up, put your hands up, and then we'll pass it over to whoever would like to, to be able to go first. And then again, I'll kind of like jump in here as well. Kristen, would you like to go first? Yeah. Perfect. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll pass it over to, to Kristen. Kristen, welcome back. Thank you so much for joining. And when you're ready, go ahead and introduce yourself. And, and what is the spiritual wisdom of a healthy relationship from your perspective? Welcome, Kristen. Oh, hold on, Kristen. I'm not sure if your audio is coming through. Can you guys hear Kristen? No? Okay. All right. It's not just me. All right. Let's just make sure. Might have to. Yep. Now you're good. Go ahead. Um. My name's Kristen and I um, make crystal jewelry and do kind of healing sessions with people. Um, and I, yeah, I think what came up for me in the meditation was with the little message was um, be authentic and honest with yourself. Um, and so I just wanted to put that out there as something that came up from my heart about relationships. But um, in terms of like collab, like, intimate relationships or friendships as well I feel like they are like a collaboration of expansion together and that I also really love relationships as just like a fast track to growth for both parties just being in intimate connection with people is just such the most potent mirror you could basically ask for to see see your own stuff and for people to investigate their stuff as well and um see what's going on and um beneath the surface because in friendships we can sometimes avoid that level of closeness that um romantic relationships involve and um yeah even though they can be turbulent sometimes there's always growth there and I really value that growth and feel like relationships are an awesome opportunity for collaborative expansion 
and support. So that's my share on that. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Kristen, as we get things started here. And, and um, with that said, who would like to go next? We'll pass it over to, to the next person uh, and uh, we'll, we'll just keep things flowing here. So um, Ian, would you like to go next? We can pass it over to you. That All right, cool. All right, Ian, welcome to, to the circle. Thank you so much for joining. When you're ready, go right ahead. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I'm, I'm just grateful to be here and always feel free to just call on me if I'm standing here looking at you. Um, I, I kind of sit back because my old way of being was always driving forward. So I like to give everybody else the floor first um, if they like it. So my name is Ian Gray. Um, first and foremost, I'm a dad and a family guy and uh, just love, love my lady with all my heart and my child with all my heart. And that's my primary thing right now. I also uh, create a lot of programs based on things that I learned over time. I've, I've definitely gone um, through my share of, of uh, health, so to speak, um, with relationships and, and uh, other areas of my life. And that led me onto the spiritual awakening journey to, to figure out how to clear those up. And when we were doing the meditation, uh, authenticity also came up quite a bit. Um, just that is one of the key components to relationships for me um, that I've experienced is when we can be completely authentic with each other. That's where that growth actually will happen versus the older paradigm that I grew up in, which was more tribalism and relating. Like somebody said, I broke my leg. And rather than tell you a story, it was like, I broke my leg too. And then, or it was about sports team or these, these random conversations that would happen rather than like, this is what I'm feeling in my heart right now. And, um, so I think that's a key component is actually be able to speak from the heart, connect in with what's really going on inside and be able to do that at any point in time and recognize that, you know, there's a quote that uh, I think probably everybody's heard at this point. It's just when the, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And I didn't understand that the first time I heard it or the second time I heard it, or the third time, and maybe I still don't understand it. However, right now, what that means to me, this came up in the meditation, was the teacher is always here as long as I'm willing to be the student. And every interaction I have with a person or a place or a thing is really just a reflection of the vibration that I'm sitting in right here, right now. So that's actually very revealing and allowing me to grow in a new way um by recognizing that as long as i'm ready to be the student then i'm gonna get the lesson whatever whatever it is um and i can be teaching and learning at the same time they're really actually kind of the same thing so um that's that's really where it lays out for me is is really around that always being open and authentic speaking from the heart and allowing others to do so as well thank you thank you ian yeah, and again, even just as we're getting started here, I can already feel the paradigm shifting, and and that's where you know as we get going, once we kind of have gone through the introductions, we'll just kind of do popcorn style and intuitively just pass it around. Um, one thing that that just kind of came to mind here is that you know it's interesting because like we kind of have this idea that it's like it's like oh like an unhealthy relationship is an unhealthy relationship period. However, there's the relationships within the relationships. So you know, and this is kind of a question as well. You know, like is it like you can have 
you can have a healthy relationship with an unhealthy relationship. And what I mean by that is that you can have a healthy perspective on being conscious that the relationship is unhealthy. And if, as long as you're conscious, as long as you're self-aware of the dynamics of, of what's happening, you can be in any circumstance. And then within that, you can still allow yourself to, like Ian was saying, be able to receive the lessons and the messages from it. You know, I, I think in, in any circumstance, um, it's up to you to, to, you know, relatively speaking, to be able to decide, am I going to stay in this relationship? Is there something for me? Or have I gotten what I need? And is it time for me to leave? Because sometimes there will be a dynamic where, you know, an unhealthy relationship, what we identify as an unhealthy relationship, which I think, again, sometimes we just label any sort of conflict, we instantly might say, oh, that's unhealthy, as, as if conflict is unhealthy, which I think is a complete facade, right? Like, I think, conflict is a natural part of any relationship. What we want to be able to focus on is how to be able to healthily, healthily, that's kind of a weird word, navigate those conflicts, right? So in any relationship, if a conflict arises, what's your immediate reaction? Is your immediate reaction to get up and leave like right away? Or do you sit with it, observe it, ask what's there for me to learn from this and really just allow yourself to really be able to reflect, can I bring a healthy energy into this dynamic of like some sort of conflict that may be arising? Um, You know, like this is where you, you might be in a circumstance where maybe a friend who you have like a deep relationship with over the years and suddenly they do something and it really pisses you off and your immediate reaction might be, would be like, well, screw you. This is my excuse to say we shouldn't be friends anymore. Or you can take time to really be able to meditate on this and be like, well, you know what? Like everyone kind of screws up. Let's, let's just, let's just step back here. Let's take a moment. Let's try and be empathetic. Let's bring some more. Cause I think that's the thing, right? Like as, as if we can bring as much empathy as possible to, to any circumstance without bringing an unhealthy amount of empathy, which maybe is a topic in itself, then, you know, can we allow ourselves to approach what appears to be a conflict in a situation and help transform it, alchemize it as the shifters we are, you know, alchemize that conflict and to be able to create a healthy result out of it where you can initiate a conversation and be like, hey, like that thing that you did the other weekend where it, it pissed me off. And everything like that, like, um, I'd like to be able to talk about that because it made me feel this way. And I'm curious if there's more that we can just kind of navigate and, and have through open conversation and authenticity and, and being real and being able to, to, in certain circumstances, look at the things that might always be easy to look at. But if it, you know, it's, it's one of those things, I'll just say this and then we'll pass it over to, to Akua, where it, in any circumstance, you know, and, and again, relatively speaking, um, like you, it's your choice to, to, to remain in that relationship. Again, relatively speaking, it's your choice to be able to remain in that relationship. And, and so like, if you feel that intuitively, you're just like, you know what, like I'm being called into the conflict because I think that there's a way for this to be able to be transformed into something positive. Can, you know, can any, can in most circumstance, can, what appears to be a negative circumstance, can it be transformed into something positive? If you start asking that question, how can this be transformed into something positive? How can this help me? How can this help the other person? And to be able to carry that conscious awareness and that conscious wisdom, you know, that can create a great deal of leadership where normally a relationship might've just, you know, you abandon ship and that's it. And maybe you see them in five years, and you know, synchronicity might bring you back together. Or if you really care about that relationship, it's your free will then you can say like, let's spend some more time with it. Maybe there's some healing. Maybe there's a deeper issue. Maybe it's not as personal as it looks. 
let's just put a little bit more love into it and see what happens. And then if it doesn't yield the results that you were hoping for, make that choice again and just be like, you know what? It's in my personal relationship with myself to be able to say, I got to, I got to step back. I got to move on and everything like that. So giving yourself that, that respect to be able to know when to be present and when to be in that choice where it's okay to walk away, you know, cause that, the relationship with yourself is always going to be the most important relationship, relatively speaking. Anyways, just getting some ideas going here. Um, I, I appreciate everything that's been said so far. Uh, Akua, did you want to go next? We can pass it over to you and, and welcome again. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Hey, everyone. So what came up for me was um, self-worth. And um, with that, with self-worth, it's just a lot of times where we feel stuck um, or just just stagnant, it's because we may lack self-worth. And when that happens, we don't feel as if we're able to be our authentic selves and different aspects in our lives or sometimes in all aspects of our lives. Um, and then this could be even um, when you lack the self-worth, you may not clearly know who you want to be, how you want to love and valuing um, yourself. Um, and I experienced this some years ago and like I used to complain about, you know, my relationships. So friendships, romantic relationship, my workships. And it's like, okay, well, you complain about it. What is it that you want? And because I didn't have that self-worth, I couldn't clearly define what it was because I really did not know what I need, what was necessary for me. So that's what uh, showed up for me when we did the, the meditation. And, oh, and as far as what I do, I'm a spiritual life coach, a medium, um, a light energy worker as well. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. And, and, and again, at this point, let's just kind of go with the flow and we'll just kind of open things up. So if anybody says something that you guys want to respond to, it's a small enough group here. Uh, just raise your hand and we'll pass it around. Go right ahead, Kristen. Oh, so stimulating already. It's just like throwing me back to like all these thoughts of other relationships. And there's, I will admit consciously that there's like this small like amount of panic of like thinking about people that might be in challenging relationships and that they might be listening to this because I had had one of my first like adult relationships was very unhealthy. And like you bringing up empathy in relationships just made me be like, oh, and like thinking about it. Um, but yeah, I think what yeah both what Akua said and you about like the combination of you guys talking really stimulated me thinking about the balance between like self-respect and empathy and also with the self-worth stuff is as a as a self-confessed like rescuer personality from my earlier adulthood is this like um if you derive self-worth from being empathetic and that's the main area that you um derive self-worth from like you think that that's one of your like main skills and you just have that compulsion to be really empathetic then you can sometimes accidentally land in situations where you aren't in self-respect and you're not in an expansive relationship that it's and it kind of you feel like it's expansive because you're practicing your empathy but your self-respect is depleting like over and over again from giving to um someone that is not even nearly able to be empathetic to you in that situation and so in the in the realm of like empathy and like troubleshooting 
relationships and assessing the value of like being a really giving person and being able to like be compassionate to people's um, maybe poor communication or like conflict strategies. Um, I feel like I just really wanted to say that if you are an empathetic person to really also train that muscle of being empathetic towards yourself at the same time, because as we, as empaths and just get rescuing kind of people, we just, we will, we will self-sacrifice a lot. It's just natural that we have that energy. But um, what I have found in my own personal history, and I've been a rescuer in r romantic relationships and, and friendships as well. And there's been that dissonance with self-respect in the friendships too, where I'm the rock and then there's not that reciprocal rock situation happening. And it's not that it needs to be like an eye for an eye or anything, but there was moments where I could have, where I didn't recognize that I wasn't respecting myself in those dynamics. And what has ended up being the realization for me these days as being like a healer doing sessions with people and doing, um, yeah, like emotional work is that that's actually one of your skills, probably because it's to do with your purpose of what you're here to do. And it's not just something that you get to bring to just the people in your sphere. It's because you have a compulsion to help people and that's in your skill set and that wants to be expressed in a way that is part of your purpose. But a lot of people can lump their purpose into their partner and like just go about their other stuff and do their um, yeah, work in the in the fields that they're working in that aren't as heart-led and they're using that relationship to express that heart-led skill whereas it might actually be medicine for a wider audience um and the reason why it's so tantalizing is because it's part of your purpose so um i just wanted to touch on that because that's been like my journey of my adulthood is recognizing that I was really wanting to um flex flex that skill and I'm very incredibly empathetic but and I wanted to highlight the dangers of being super empathetic without having self-worth and not having self-respect or the fact that you derive self-worth from that skill can sometimes lead you being really compassionate to people who don't respect you. And um, yeah, cultivating respectful relationships is just so important. And um, yeah, as, as younger empaths too, boundaries is one of the biggest challenges and boundaries are the pathway to self-respect and generating respect from other people. So we don't want to be so compassionate to people that we are not compassionate to us and we don't set boundaries because it makes them uncomfortable. Thank you. Thank you, Kristen. Very well said. Um, I'll just say a couple things and then I'll, I'll pass it over to Ian real quick. Um, yeah, it, it, again, you know, just taking a moment here where it's just like, okay, like, let's try and identify like, what is a healthy relationship, you know, juxtapose what we're talking about, about the unhealthy relationship. Um, I think the short answer to the idea of what is a healthy relationship, I think, I think the answer is actually something that we can derive by studying nature and, and studying ecosystems. What is a healthy ecosystem? An ecosystem that is in balance, something that is an equal give and an equal take. Um, so, I mean, it, it, when you think about it, you know, with humans, like a healthy relationship is a relationship where both parties, not only is a relationship something that's imbalanced, but both parties have their own ecosystem that is also imbalanced. Now, again, that's not to say that, you know, like, like we as humans are expected to be like always balanced all the time. You know, I don't think that's natural. Um, but I think what we allow ourselves to be able to move into is that as we mature, 
especially as we mature spiritually, we mature through our degree of consciousness when we can identify when we're shifting in and out of balance. And that's when we're also being able to more appropriately identify where our needs are, where, you know, and that's where like a good, healthy relationship is a relationship where both partners are helping each other kind of like move in and out of that that ebb and flow of of kind of like being okay and having good days and having bad days and needing space and needing cuddling time and just being able to understand that those needs are the fluctuating like dynamics of any sort of ecosystem it's night and day sort of thing you don't stop that um what you do is you honor it and then you just allow yourself to get kind of what we were talking about earlier get really good at communicating understanding understanding the subtleties um and then with that you understand how to be able to meet those needs needs. Um, again, I can say like through, you know, my, my own experience, like being in a, a healthy relationship right now with, with Lacey uh, and, you know, I kind of refer to it as like a, like a, like a sacred relationship, so to speak, a sacred union. Um, again, it's this union where we, we both want to be able to, to, to help each other grow. Um, and then at the same time, we're both honoring each other as individuals. We're not trying to make the other person one thing or another. We're really just honoring each other as we are. Um, and I think that that deeper understanding of, of, of knowing ourselves um, allows ourselves to, to kind of create that foundation for the relationship to kind of like thrive into new areas where, um, as opposed when, you know, I look at my own relationships in the past where they kind of had their different dynamics of not being always as healthy, um, or even looking at other friends relationships where you would see it from the outside. And, and you look at the dynamics where you could see it be like, Oh, like that's not healthy there. Um, what was always happening there? It, it would usually be that either both or one parties was like unconscious, like they, they were unconscious of their own behaviors. Um, they were unconscious conscious of how to take accountability um, for their own healing um, and, and not even to say like, oh, they're doing something wrong. Honestly, all it means is that they're just at a certain point within their journey. Um, but at the same time, it's not your job to do the work for them. Um, but at the same time, every relationship will prepare you for the next one. So if you're a conscious person, and you get into a relationship with an unconscious person, um, that can be a very powerful dynamic because you might actually be able to help kind of lead them to that path. Um, but at the same time, maybe you're not expected to lead them all the way. You might kind of like spend as much time as you can with them and then just be like, okay, like this is where, you know, this is where our vibrations, I'll just say this real quick and I'll pass it to Ian. Um, a very simple way of being able to understand the dynamics of relationships, again, studying nature, you think of it through the, the concept of vibration. When two things are at a resonating frequency, they'll naturally come together and they'll naturally create like a corresponding correlation. They'll become like a resonating frequency. Over time, two people come together at a resonating frequency and they come together and, hey, things are good. They're getting along. You're feeling that connection. You're feeling that vibe. But what happens over time is that people's individual frequency changes. So over time, suddenly this frequency changes and now suddenly it's not working in the same way. That doesn't necessarily mean that either of those people did something wrong. It literally just means that as the frequencies change, so do the dynamics of the relationship. And if your vibration is shifting in a way that's not matching the current relationship, that's okay. You don't have to think of it as a breakup. Rather, you can think of it as a breakthrough, meaning you're ready for that next vibration. You're ready for that next corresponding harmonic frequency. And when you begin to embody that within yourself, you're naturally kind of like attracted and stuff like that. Um, things it's interesting because when you kind of, you know, the key part to attracting a healthy relationship, it really is the inner work because when you, embody that you'll reflect it and then you'll meet that sacred partner who kind of reflects it back at you if you still have things that you're working on usually you'll reflect people that also have similar things that they're working on and then you kind of get to work on it together even when you don't want to but hey that's the dynamics of life so um having empathy even in those moments i think it's important ian uh went a little bit longer than i intended to but go right ahead passing it over to you and, and lauren also welcome to you as well we'll pass it over to you when you're ready 
Now, I'm, I'm actually really glad that, that you jumped in there because it was a really good segue. Um, you know, some of the things we talked about uh, before this was the law of vibration. And you just actually talked about it in play. Right? Everybody says there's a, like a common belief out there. I'm not going to say everybody says there's a common belief out there that opposites attract. And that's true in polarity, right? Like magnets, the opposites attract. However, in vibration, like attracts like. So what ends up happening is we get into this common harmony and that's why we're, we get together because we're in this harmonious vibration. Our polarities might be completely different. However, our vibration is like, so now we, we're matching, right? And then, then all of a sudden we, we might get some dissonance or disturbance in the field. That's the, the, the terminology that Emily and I use um, whenever there's some kind of conflict in the relationship. It's not to run away from it. It's like, hey, I have a little disturbance in the field. Like, I'm just feeling like the vibe, like what's going on with the vibe here. And that gives us an ability to look at the vibration together and be on the same side of the table versus saying it's you or it's me, even though it's always me. However, we want to be looking at this thing together. At least it's my belief that it all starts with me. I'm hundred percent responsible um, for everything in my awareness. I'm hundred percent responsible for how I respond to that, that responsibility is actually the ability to respond. So I'm 100% responsible. I have the, the ability to respond to that. So I would never actually even use the, the terminology. I think I heard it earlier was something to the degree of when that happened, you made me feel or it made me feel. I would actually never say that something made me feel. I could say I felt. However, nothing outside is going to actually impact how I'm feeling. It's my perception. It's my perception. It's always my perception of that. So I felt it, it brought that feeling to my awareness. Oh, that's something I need to, to look at. So that allows me to be able to create a, a boundary um, when it comes to the difference between, you guys are really using the word empathy a lot. And I think that's so wonderful. Um, a lot of spiritual circles use this word compassion a lot. And if we break down the word compassion, it's actually to join in the suffering with it literally that's what the word means um, if we look at the etymology of it so it's actually like if somebody has a broken arm and it hurts like to truly be compassionate i would have to break my arm and join in with them and people say use this compat however empathy is in feeling with in tune with in vibration like can you feel me can you feel me bro like i can feel what you're feeling right now i know what you're feeling like i'm not gonna go down there and feel that way like as myself but i can feel what you're feeling and there's a huge distinction between those two because when i'm just feeling you i can help you or if somebody's just feeling me and i'm down they can actually help me but if they join down and go down with me it's there's there's no way to for them to help me unless i'm stepping on them and they can like allow me to elevate and there comes in um, I think earlier somebody mentioned something about, uh, oh, what, was the, what was the word? I, I use their terminology, savior, like the relationships. There's like the victim, there's the savior. And then what happens is the savior always gets crucified at the end of the story. And I did that. I, I was very much a savior in my relationships. Um, another thing that really came to mind when you guys were, were talking um, was the fact that Growing up, the relationships that I witnessed 
and the programs that people were running unconsciously or consciously, I have no idea, I'm not in their head, so I don't know which it was, the games that people played on each other, the deceit, like there was, when it came to relationships, it was always messy. I actually don't think I saw a functional relationship. And if I did, I didn't even recognize it as a functional relationship because it was so confusing to me. Like I grew up watching family members just cheating on each other whenever and deceive each other whenever and like tell straight lies, get people arrested, like crazy Jerry Springer. You would, I don't even know if Jerry Springer would have put us on TV, um, the stuff I saw. And I, I'm down to get into it if we, anybody has questions or whatever. Like I'm not like hiding any of that. I'm completely open to be authentic about it. Um, however, what it, what happened was I was following and repeating those, those patterns. And I ended up having all these limiting beliefs in my mind about who women were. All women are and fill in the blank with anything that's, that's negative. They use men for money. They use me for my time and energy. They, like these crazy beliefs are all cheaters. They're all liars. Like I literally believed these things in such a fashion and I would repeat it constantly. And then in my relationships, guess what would happen? I'd make it my reality. Whether they were cheating or not, whether they were using me or not, I would continue to make that a reality. And what ultimately ended up happening was it created the most toxic relationship that could possibly be there. There was tons of love. However, I didn't even realize I was creating it. It was actually just my beliefs. And I, I started learning about my beliefs and how I came from like clean that stuff up and become conscious and watch my thoughts as something separate than me. And wait, that, that, that doesn't even seem true whatsoever. Why am I, why am I even repeating this? Why is this coming out of my mouth? Cause I know I'm thinking it, but this doesn't even make any sense. And I started realizing where I was creating it. And the moment that I realized that it was me creating it through these beliefs that I had about other people and just projecting them on them. That was the moment where I was actually able to start making the shift and start to have different beliefs around things. And then all of a sudden create this amazing relationship with Emily, who hopefully will be able to join us um, at some point tonight. And it was just completely transformational. It was, it was all me the whole freaking time. And I, I'm a little bit older. I think than most people in this group, I've been to a lot of relationships, like, and I made a lot of messes and I always blamed that other person. And whether it was an intimate relationship or a friendship, always me it was always me and it took me looking in the mirror and like say what can i change about my perception and now the experience i have like tonight for example this person i met one time we he was a real estate agent he was showing me around he also had a podcast so i met him a second time was on his podcast show really hit it off a couple of days later he fell down bumped his head lost all his memory i've seen him three or four times since then and every time I see him, tonight was one of them, he walked up to me and he just started spouting out from his heart this most authentic stuff of what he was going through in this clear, like beautiful vibration and asking for, for me to reflect back for him what he was saying, for him to be able to see himself, for him to be able to go through that confession and get this dis-ease out of him so that he could be cleared of it, like almost like confession in a church or something like that because now we're in this, this vibrational harmony, but he doesn't even remember me except for my name and that he likes me. But that's because the vibration I'm sitting in is creating that space for somebody that's that open to just like, and I, so that's, that's kind of how it works. 
in my experience. So I'll, I'll pass this over. Anybody that wants to drop in. Thank you. Thank you, Ian. Yeah, a um, lot, lot of things that you said there. Um, I'll hit upon real quick and then um, let me know who wants to go next. Again, Lauren, if you, I know you just joined, so you can let us know when you're ready and anybody else, just go ahead and put your hand up. I'll just keep talking until uh, somebody else is ready to be able to take the stick here. Um, but yeah, Ian, thank you again for sharing. And, and um, Lauren, did you want to go next? Was that your hand up? No? Yeah. Just sorry, just yeah, okay, all right, perfect. Um, yeah, just wave your arms around, then I won't miss it. Um, yeah, so uh, okay, I'll, I'll just say this, and again, this is sometimes it's saying the obvious, but we're, what we're doing right now as a community, we're kind of like putting all these notes on the table so that we can get a better picture. Um, and again, this is what I've observed through you know other people's relationships as well as my own relationships. That it seems like you know, like in the relationships where things are probably not going in quite the way that people want them to go. Um, it usually seems that there's like, like a lot of projection, like, like, like people, and it's it, sometimes it's unconscious, right? Like people are, are like, are, they're like putting this energy onto someone else. And then they're just like creating this narrative, um, inside of their own head about like what, what things are or, or something like that. Um, but yeah, you know, like, I, I again, I, I think, as you allow this kind of like gentleness to naturally arise within yourself, um, it, you can you can uh, create this ability to be able to to kind of like carry it with you into relationships, much like what Ian was talking about, um, where you know like a, a good relationship is a relationship where people like feel safe, feel seen feel heard. So if we can create that intention to be able to, to cultivate that as a habit, you know, I think out of that naturally, that's like where like the, the relationships deepen and, and like the roots grow as well as like the flowers blossom at the same time. Um, and again, those are, those are friendships. Those are, you know, like uh, romantic relationships as well. Like some of those best relationships, you know, they're relationships where it's just like, it's like, oh yeah, we do cool things together, but, but why do I like you so much? I like you because, you know, you listen to me. Um, or, or you reflect something back at me. It, it's usually like those kind of, you think about your favorite relationships, the type of relationships where it's just like, you know, being with a person and just like feeling safe, um, feeling comfortable and everything like that. So, you know, like, how do we do that? How do we cultivate that? Um, the one thing I'll just say here real quick is that, you know, and this goes for um, challenging relationships and everything. I talk about this all the time, but basically this idea that, you know, in, in any circumstance in life, you can see things from an empowering perspective or a disempowering perspective. So when we are in those circumstances where, you know, we feel like our, like our energy is kind of being not respected quite in the ways that we, we want it to be, you know, we can also see that as a valuable learning experience where it's just like, actually, you know what, like those unhealthy relationships that we were in, those, those gave us strength to be able to know our own self-worth and to know how to set boundaries and to know how to be able to communicate um, to our needs and to know when to walk away in, in an empowering way if we needed to. Um, so again, you know, like I can honestly say that like some of the, the, the hardest times in relationships, not just, not not just romantic, but also friendships um, have been the most empowering experiences for me when I come out the other side of them. So if you're going through any experiences in relationships where it's like, oh man, things are pretty rocky right now, you know, like hold strong, um, keep in your heart. And then lo and behold, you will come out the other side and be like, whoa, like, and, and what did you bring with you at the other side? And you brought with you this like deeper empathy for yourself and for others and this wisdom and this more clarity on who you are as well. Anyways, more to talk about. Let's keep passing the talk and stick around. Lauren, we'll pass it over to you. Thank you so much for joining. And, and again, feel free to just introduce yourself and we can just kind of start off with, you know, like what does, what is a healthy relationship? What is the spiritual wisdom of a healthy relationship to you or anything else you feel called to share? Welcome, Lauren. Hello. It's so nice to meet you, Ian and Akua and Spiral Soul Seed. I don't know your name. <laughs> what is your name? That would be Kristen. Kristen. Nice, nice yeah. to meet you. 
Um, so let's see. I loved how Ian and Brendan were touching on the law of vibration and being in sync with what we're bringing in in the world. So relationships, it's so interesting looking at relationships coming from childhood and understanding our relationship with our parents and how that will reflect in every relationship that we carry on in our lives. Um, our subconscious mind, it's, it's so built upon childhood and everything that we learned throughout childhood. So everything we took on from our parents, we will either unconsciously or consciously reflect that and continue that. Um, so I did, I grew up with a little bit of a harder childhood. My mother's a bit bipolar. And so it was very interesting to me looking at the perspective of how beautiful and, and gracious and caring and giving, and then the polar opposite of that could be. And um, I don't know if you guys have ever looked into arconic deception and how energy can be seeded and fueled through people, through what we're giving our energy away from. And I don't know why this is just coming up for me today, but um, part of our karma and like really releasing our karma from our lives is understanding more about our sovereignty and really standing in our power as we're doing that. So releasing that childhood trauma and coming into that um, will affect every relationship in our life. So um, like addiction say, we're giving our power away to that addiction. And so something could take us over and it's not really who we are. It's, it's, it's an outside source that's affecting us. Um, so I think with healthy relationships, understanding what we're giving our power away to, whether that's social media or something else, that's just a dopamine effect. Um, I was noticing that today I went in the woods and I went into a tree and I was like, oh, I'd love to share like a meditation with people. But then I just noticed as I was in this meditation, my mind immediately went to, I want to share this with other people. But this was a moment in my life where I needed this for myself and this time for myself. Um, so just noticing where our mind goes is so playful in relationships with ourselves and then with other people as well. So um healthy relationships and the wisdom of healthy relationships is, yeah, truly taking ownership of, of everything in our life and feeling into that. Um, it is, it is so wild though, what you're calling in <laughs> when you go out into the world and you meet people and, and you love everyone, but you can't fully trust everyone right away. You know, you build a relationship slowly over time and, and that's how a relationship blossoms is, when you're truly present with those people, but realizing maybe that's not a person that I want to call into my tribe right now. Maybe that's where I was when I was in that addiction mode. And, um, you know, if I do that, I'm just going to be repeating karma again. So yeah, that's my journey right now. That's what's on my heart right now in terms of healthy relationships. And I'd love to hear any reflections or um, things that popped up from that from anyone. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lauren. Uh, Kristen, go ahead. Your hand's up. We'll pass it to you and, and I'll share something after that. Okay. Um, yeah, it's so interesting about the subconscious and the past stuff that Ian and Lauren spoke about, like the stuff that we do with our, like our family really impacts like 
what we witness and then we play it out again and again and again and and even in healthier relationships we still have like if our parents have healthier relationships we still can play out the covert not so conscious things that they do and um yeah I just wanted to share something that has come up for me recently um around this because I do um a program called the spiral which is kind of NLP related and um, also has a bunch of subconscious mapping tools that have just been just so priceless to me. But um, I was doing some mapping on myself about um, relationships and found that what's I, I had been really struggling with why I was, I could see these different themes in my past relationships and being like, how can I break that cycle that I can see is popping up? I can't. I can't see what it is. And then the tools kind of gave me the insight that um, basically in those really early formative years, like of, you know, babyhood and whatnot, you're basically sponging from your family's beliefs. You you basically indiscriminately absorb what is happening with them and um, how they're feeling. And I was able to map that my my mom, and I know it from now because she's still like it, um, has had this belief since I was a baby that um, my dad doesn't do anything. So it's like um, at the time it's like the man was the breadwinner and the woman was the stay-at-home mom. It was a different time. That was the normal thing that was going on. And so she did everything, but she kind of always complained that he did nothing, even though I didn't understand that there was this what might have been the ecosystem of the times or whatever. But essentially, I grew up believing that the masculine doesn't provide anything, like you can't expect anything from them. And so in my early relationships, I was acting out a mother archetype in partnerships with men who couldn't bring anything to the table, but just needed a lot of care. And so I, even though I overcame that and ended up in a really healthy relationship for seven and a half years, he was still a very kind of like not proactive character. He wasn't he wasn't, uh, you know, riddled with wounds that the empath wanted to fix or anything, but he wasn't kind of, I, I, he was able to passively support me, but not really lift and bring out the, he wasn't bringing that high vibe masculine to meet the high vibe feminine to really get expansive with it. And um, I'm, yeah, I'm really just, it was shocking to see that even though I've been on this conscious journey for ages um, and think a lot about emotions and relationships that subconsciously I just didn't value the masculine like I valued them I loved them I love men I also love women um but I didn't think that they could actually give me anything that I couldn't give myself and so that really reduced my ability to attract collaboration in relationships um which is something I'm consciously addressing now um and I yeah I also just wanted to put out there because I just thought I might have a unique like signature on this situation because I'm polyamorous doing um, conscious non-monogamy and was in a successful relationship of that nature for that seven and a half like the three years of that seven and a half relationship and even though we're not together now I still deem all the relationships that transpired in there successful um, because that what Brendan said about relationships and healthy relationships are about being seen feeling safe and feeling heard and what gives us that safety is good communication. And even if it's not good communication, it's loyalty to communicating, even if it's not like 100% great. Because if you can't talk about your problems, you can't 
get anywhere with them. And if if you can't talk, then you can't have that dialogue and that ecosystem of trying to navigate your own individual fulfillment and the potential fulfillment of the shared parties that can be shared together. And um, if that is a quality. Communication is just a really high priority for me. And um, uh, it's really kind of prolific in the um, ethical non-monogamy and polyamorous communities because you can't have multiple relationships without good communications because as you can imagine stuff like the the natural kind of jealousy triggers that might arise or like the like negotiating shared time and stuff like that you need to everything needs to be clear for it to work for there to be an ecosystem amongst people and so I find it really like communication is the most attractive thing to me and that community is kind of like so has has a real loyalty to that and I, I know that a lot of people in, in the kind of classic relationship monogamy styles also have that too. Um, but in my past, I was attracting people that didn't have, didn't have a loyalty to communication, just prefer to cross their fingers and hope that nothing happened <laughs> that would need addressing. And then meanwhile, fulfillment was just like a distant dream because when problems came up, it was just maintaining some false level of harmony by not talking about things. But we, we need to express and people like we are each like an individual library of bizarre past experiences that have accumulated in the now and our behaviors and our beliefs and our feelings and what what is fulfilling for us that it would just it's just insanity to hope that you can that you can get by without communicating because we are so diverse individually we are just it's a miracle that we connect at all sometimes based on the fact that, you know, your parents did that and my parents did this and then we weave our way here and all of the stuff that goes on with our peers in high school and all that. And then we just like have beliefs that come from somewhere and then to expect that they're just the same and they're going to be homogeneously harmonious without any work is just, um, yeah, something that um, I, yeah, I was naive about that in my early early adulthood to just be like oh it's just maybe it's not right if it just doesn't work was like a thing but then also like oh maybe I just have to tolerate the fact that this isn't functional and the fact that we can't talk um and yeah I was a real journey to empowerment to be like it's actually essential to communicate and if and communication is like the ultimate sign of love <laughs> for me because it's like that's where our energies cross over. Otherwise, we are just like coexisting on some independent plane. But that moment where we can create that chemistry and, and development together is is of the highest value. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Kristen. Beautifully said. Um, for anybody who wants to jump in next, again, just go ahead and, and raise your hand and we'll pass it to you uh, as soon as anybody wants to. Um, I'll, I'll just share a couple things. And, and, and yeah, absolutely. Like the the communication is undeniably like so important. And again, you know, it's not even just like the, the verbal communication. It, it's how we communicate with our, with our actions. It's how we communicate with our, you know, with our energies, with our emotions, with our gifts, you know, the love languages that we talk about. Um, it, you know, I, I know that for, for me and Lacey, like it's, it's we're, we're fortunate 
fortunate that we seem to be, you know, a, a natural good fit for each other, but that's not something that just happened overnight. Um, it happened through like a lot of um, having to get better at communicating, like, like it, it, uh, understandably, like, and I'm not going to get into all the details here, but before Lacey and I kind of like got to the point where we're just like, yes, this is the relationship that we want. There was a lot of like up and down and left and right and hard things and navigating and me screwing up and both of us, you know, making a mess out of things. And, and, and it wasn't just us. It was like the fact that there was other stuff going in our life going on in our life. And we were trying to navigate and hold space for each other and everything like that. Um, but even for, for ourselves, and, you know, this is where we can kind of even start talking a little bit. Um, and, and if anybody has any insight on this, you know, kind of on this, like this, like, um, I don't just want to use the term like divine masculine, divine feminine. I mean, I, I guess we could, but it's almost like kind of like this, like this, like higher perspective of love um, where there's like these different relationships with like call it like a soul union or something like that. But it, it was interesting. Cause like, and this is me speaking from my own experience that like with Lacey um, this is like, this is like, uh, eh, I'm just, I'm like, should I say that? No, I shouldn't say that. Um, but you know, there were times that within my journey, I had to make difficult decisions um, that were that, that it, but those decisions were ultimately leading me towards knowing I'm just like, I'm like, man, like I'm pretty like, like intuitively I felt in my heart. I'm like, I'm like, this girl is my soulmate. Like, like, and it wasn't just like, I hoped she was my soulmate. Like, like I intuitively, I just knew it. Um, and even in the midst of that, I'm like, I'm like, man, like I'm making some like kind of like weird shady choices here. And there was stuff that I was doing, which looking back in the past, I've grown a lot from it and everything like that. Um, but also in those moments, it was just kind of like, it's just like, I knew I had to let go of something else in order to be able to move into something new, even though I didn't fully know what that new thing was, but intuitively there was just something within my heart that was calling me towards this. And, and even within mine and Lacey's relationship, again, without getting fully into the personal details, like there were times where, and it's interesting, she'll reflect this back on me. Um, and she would say to me, she was like, she was like, Brendan, you would, you would always remind me to, to like that, like, um, I, I forget how she would word it, but more or less, it was basically me communicating that it was just like, it was like trust like trust Lacey, like this is going to work out. I know things are messy right now. I know it doesn't look like this is, it's like the entire world is against us. Um, that's very interesting when you have these relationships where it's like, it seems like everyone else is like trying to like say like, oh, it, it's kind of like this star-crossed levels, lovers thing where everyone else is like, no, that can't happen. That can't happen. It's like almost like a Romeo and Juliet thing. Um, but then even still for us, you know, it's like everybody else was trying to keep us apart but actually it brought us together even stronger. And then even in those moments, um, you know, I, I was just kind of reminding her, I'm like, I'm like, I don't like, man, like, like intuitively in my heart, I'm like, I'm like, this is like, I can see it. I can see our future keep moving forward. And, and with that, that gave me and also her this like deep strength um, to be able to navigate those challenging circumstances um, and then lo and behold, flash forward, you know, years later, it, dude, like, seriously, it's so trippy. Cause like back in the day we would used to like joke about having a child. Right. And now here we are. And it's like barely like two months away. And like, I'm just like, where, how did I get here, man? But I, but the only way that I, yeah, thank you. Um, the only way that I got here was by doing nothing less than just, you know, being true to my heart. Um, and this, I'll just say this is, and we're kind of, I guess this relates to the topic, but I'll just say this. Cause I think some people need to hear this. Um, you know, we, we talk about this axiom, like follow your heart, follow your heart, follow your heart, follow your heart. Um, that's great. That's what we want to do because following your heart is kind of following the intuition of your soul path, like the connection between yourself and this future that's guiding you. However, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a caveat to that. 
um, your following your heart won't always lead you to happiness. It will lead you on a journey that will take you into places of, of deep darkness. Um, but then as a result of that, it will also bring you out of it as well. Um, and, and that was like part of the experience that, that, you know, I, I, there was like many times it was like, again, up and down. And, and, and I only say this cause I'm sure a lot of us kind of like reflect it in similar ways. Um, but yeah, follow your heart. But then at the same time, keep that strength within your heart to know that even through those hard times, um, if you continue to hold that light within your heart, it can help kind of like move you towards it. However, at the same time, you know, I, I think it's also important that with any relationship, I'm kind of only speaking for my own relationship with, with, with Lacey, um, I think, you know, it's an important thing that with any relationship, um, this is a good metaphor, hold a relationship like a flower in your palm, hold it, just hold it. Don't hold on to it because if you hold on to that flower, you will crush it and you will destroy it unintentionally, but yes, you will hold it like a flower. And then if the wind blows and the flower leaves your palm, let it go you know, let the flower move on and everything like that. It was never your flower. You were merely holding it. And as you were holding it, you admire it and you honor it and you love it for the moment that it is there. And maybe it will stay there for a few months. Maybe it will stay there for a few decades. You don't really know, but I can say that from my own experience, part of what in the past would actually almost created like the breakups within my experience was me trying to hold on to the flower. And, and that's actually what destroyed the relationships. So even in my past, you know, like here, I had this idea with Lacey, whereas like, I was like, I was like, hold on to this, like, hold on to the flower, just hold it in your hand. Like, this is going to work. Trust me. It might take years, but this is going to work. Um, but then in the past, I kind of had this, this idea where there's like previous relationships where I'm like, I think I'm going to marry this girl. And then I would like bring this energy into the relationship and there's like, slow the fuck down. And then I'm just like, oh shit, sorry. And then like, that would actually create like the rift. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Lesson learned. Like, me a cancerian pouring my whole heart into it, but don't pour your heart fully into it because sometimes a little bit too much love is actually a bad thing. Sometimes um, it's, it's a dynamic, it's a balance. Um, a couple of things I just want to say. And again, who wants to go next? Just go ahead and put your hand up. I'm, I'm okay. I'll pass it over to Ian. Ian actually said this earlier. And I think this is something important. You know, when we look at the dynamics of relationships, you know, again, and Chris was talking about this too. Like we live based, we, we love based on the examples of love that we have seen. And it's so trippy because when you look at society, like the reason why, fortunately right here for many of us here, again, we're cultivating consciousness. We're very self-aware. Unfortunately, yet it is what it is. The majority of the population is still quite unconscious. And if you look at that, you know, like why it's like, because as Ian was saying, it's like they are literally, literally living out programs. And these programs have been programmed into them by society, by things they see on TV, things they read in the news, things they see on social media. And they have this distorted view of what they think uh, a relationship is. And then as a result, they acted out bro culture and everything like that. I'm, I'm like, man, like what the heck is with these people? They go around and they just sleep with anyone and then they break up and it's just like drama. I'm just like, good God, it's like Jersey shore and you're living it all day long. And like, that's exhausting. Um, but again, you know, it, it's this idea can't imagine, man. But, um, but again, it's this idea where, you know, for us, 
it's important for us to be able to become conscious of the programs that we may subconsciously be enacting, as well as the programs that our partners may be subconsciously enacting. And then when we become conscious of that, again, we can hold space for it. And I think that's the thing. If you have a partner that's kind of living out these programs that aren't necessarily healthy, don't try and change them. Like that doesn't work. You can't like force change upon them. But what you can do is you can hold up a sacred mirror and say like, look, this is what this is what you're doing right now. And maybe you can shine a little bit of light to it. And, and then ultimately it might, you know, it, it'll be them who will take, who will walk the path. Um, and it might take years, you know, it, like it, like it literally will take years and everything like that. Anyways, um, there's other stuff I was going to say, but I'll, I'll, I'll wait till later. Ian, let's pass over to you. Thank you guys so much for your comments in the YouTube chat. Um, this has been wonderful. We'll go up until about 10 o'clock and then we'll get close to wrapping it up, but uh, let's keep flowing from here. Go right ahead, Ian. Yeah. And everybody that's watching, please, Drop in comments. Tell us what you're thinking. Ask us questions because you're part of this conversation. So the more you participate, the more that we can, you can speak to whatever's going on with you. Um, what I'd really like to kind of just express is that, that flower metaphor. You know, I grew up in an era where it was you were supposed to like meet your soulmate in high school and get a white picket fence and live happily ever after. And... I've been married before in my current relationship. When we had our baby, they bring out a form you got to fill out about the parents. And one of the questions is like, what's your status? And I'm like looking for the checkbox that says sacred union, right? I'm, that's, a, that's the one I'm looking for, but, but it's not there, right? We have this agreement that we made that I want to choose you every day. This is about choosing you every day you can choose me every day so if the wind comes and blows like i'm so happy for the time that i've had with you and that's the way that we put that that uh flower in the palm of our hands in a practical nature is we look at each other every single morning um if we're still both in bed the baby's kind of changed a little bit of dynamic there in the mornings but we look at each other every morning or some point in the morning we look at each other and like i choose you today i choose you today i consciously am choosing you today and when i consciously choose you then then nothing's gonna get between us. Um, the other practical thing that I wanted to just kind of bring out there and put out to the eaters that I don't ever hear anybody really talk about is this thing that I learned about called full duplex conversation. And this is what's used in the military. So if the commander is giving an order out to somebody, the person that's listening to the order actually will say the order back and then they have a language to confirm that they, that's accurate what they said or they can revise it so that's how it's used in the military to make sure people don't shoot the wrong people that kind of stuff like little things like that in a relationship um it's 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 partially that so the first thing that happens is when i hear something that doesn't make sense to me like man this creating disturbance in the field this is, this is, somebody wants to fight right now. I'll say something more like, I think I heard Emily say, and I'll repeat back verbatim if I can. This does so many things. Um, one of the things that Brendan brought up earlier is being seen or being heard is so important and being witnessed. Like this whole game, of separation that we're playing right now as different eyes, even though we're all one eye, is a game of hide and go seek. And the, 
the coolest thing is actually to be able to be witnessed because that's why we've even incarnated in these bodies for one of those reasons to actually be able to have this witness onlooker relationship. So by saying back what I think I heard, well, then we have this very clear showing that I'm listening, clear example that I'm witnessing. And what often will happen is if it's something that's a disturbance of the force, then that person that's actually listening to me say back what they said, even sometimes I'll even pretend to be Emily or Emily will pretend to be me. We'll, we'll even do voices and, and motions and try to be like completely act out the scene from the way that we just saw it. So it becomes like gamified in this way. And what will happen is the other person that's now listening will have this cool opportunity to hear themselves from another's perspective and actually be able to revise what they had to say. So what I used to do in the past, and I just point this out, because I always listened, I always witnessed, and I used this in a way, but I used it differently. I used this unconsciously. I had a program running in me that was straight up, everything they say right now is building evidence for what I believe is true and why they are fucking wrong. That was like, that was ingrained in my mind. I was like the best litigator. Like I wanted to win the fight. I didn't want to resolve the issue. So that's what I used to do. So don't, like, I'm just saying that so people can become aware of it. They don't go down that path. Now, when I started letting the person revise what they actually meant to say, like, oh my God, I said that. I like, sometimes they're like, after practicing, they're usually like, oh my God, I can't believe I just said that. I need, I need to change it. That's not at all what I meant. That's not what I meant. Let me, let me re-say that. Let me start over. And then we start over. And this gives them actually an opportunity to cleanse themselves when they're talking and actually be able to get more authentic to what they really meant to say. So I would say it's like akin to whenever you make a, a water well. If you've ever seen a water or an oil well being created, the first bit of water that comes out is like mud. You're not drinking that water. That's not good water. It's great that there's water there. There's great that there's a flow of energy. There's a flow of that water, but that's not the stuff to drink. What we really want to do is let that clear itself out. And that happens by people talking, by people talking it through and then hearing themselves back and then being able to revise what they said to get really clear on what they meant so they can speak truly from their heart because this mind has so many programs running and it's bifurcated. Like we have a left hemisphere, right hemisphere. I should, I shouldn't, I should, I shouldn't, I should, I shouldn't. I should, I should. Ah, it's paralyzing. Oh my God, I can't do these thoughts. I need to go meditate. I got to run next room, blah, 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 whatever it is. But if they can actually talk, and just get out whatever those voices are, then all of a sudden that mind will still and it will become this thing that it was actually created for, which is reflection, not decision-making. The mind can't even choose. It can only cut things off, which is decision is to cut things off. So once that mind, once that voice and all those words get through, and if I'm willing to listen through that whole entire thing for them to be able to get what they're saying very clearly, then all of a sudden the heart starts to speak. And then the connection comes in and then we can repeat back what we thought the other person said. And then the harmony gets quickly restored. So I wanted to drop that in there because it was never taught to me until I was like 42 years old. So maybe 40 years old. And it, it would have solved like 90% of my issues. And this can be done with your boss. 
right? It's, this is also mirroring. If you know uh, negotiation techniques and stuff like that, this is actually also mirroring, but the full duplex creates that space for anybody to clear out, move on, get harmonized and uh, grow together. So I just want to bring those two in there because it just totally changed the way I look at everything. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ian. Beautiful win, win, uh, win, insight. What was I saying there? Insight and wisdom. Beautiful insight and wisdom there. Um, Chris, I'll pass it over to you. One thing I'll just drop in real quick because uh, I was thinking about this earlier and I forgot and it actually relates to what Ian was saying here. Um, a quick little piece of advice that I've kept with me is that um, when a conflict arises in a relationship, be it romantic, platonic, friendship, family, whatever the case may be, I kind of have like a basic rule that I basically stick with where I make sure to stay, to keep myself accountable um, what, when, when there's a conflict, instead of it being you versus the other person, instead change the story where it's you and the other person versus the situation. So instead of saying like, oh, this is your fault. This is my fault. This is a, yeah, take accountability and everything like that. But instead it's just like, okay, we're a team here. There's some sort of conflict. There's some sort of challenge that's arising. What can we do proactively to be able to help assess the situation and work towards a productive conclusion and a productive resolution as well? So, so again, instead of being like, just remember, it's not you versus the other person. It's you and the person versus the situation. Slight little change there, but I know for me that that's definitely always um, brought up a lot of uh, productive motion going forward. Um, Akua, you have your hand up. Did somebody else have their hand up a second ago as well? I wasn't sure. Kristen as well. Um, Akua, we'll, we'll pass over to Kristen. Is that okay? We'll pass over to Akua and then we'll pass over to Kristen. Akua, go right ahead. Yeah. So you can go first. Yep. Thank you. I really love what you and Ian is saying. Um, that's something that um, I practice in my current relationship. And it is about you know, tackling the situation instead of trying to find who's right, who's wrong. And sometimes it could be just out of ego because we always want to feel like, you know, we can use this opportunity to prove I'm the better person in a relationship or whatever. So we talked about Forrest feeling safe, feeling seen, feeling heard. And a lot of times that can show up how we show up in having these um, necessary conversations, disagreements, and things like that. So just creating that that safe space, um, not passing judgment. And Lauren and even Kristen was saying how like childhood stuff can show up, and we have to be honest with ourselves. Um, I know with my relationship, um, it may be things that come up that's triggering. And um, Brandon, you brought this up about, uh, how did you say it, far as being um, empowering or disempowering? Like, is this an opportunity for me to, which one I'm going to choose? And so with me, if I see that, okay, something triggered me, the situation that just happened is really not the source. It's just a reminder that this is something that I'm still dealing with. And it gives me an opportunity to open up myself a little more to my partner so they know that this is something that I'm dealing with. And it gives them the opportunity to uh, remind me that they're here, that they provided this safe space to allow me to continue to, to grow. Um, and even when we have uh, discussions and disagreements and things like that, if it gets to the point where a solution is not um, in the near future of that conversation. 
it's okay to allow space where you can tap on. It's like, you know what? I, I heard what you said. Um, I felt heard as well. I feel at this time we're not able to come to a common ground or a resolution. That's okay. Let's, you know, come back to this another time. So just, you know, being forgiven in that. And then also if, if someone does something that you don't really care for, um, and if you address it, allow them that time to make some changes. In my relationship, um, my partner initiated the, the check-in. So every three months we do the check-in. And it's crazy because I will always think, oh, the check-in means like I have to express to him what are things that I don't care for, or, you know, something that's negative. And he reminds me that this don't always have to be some negative. It can be a moment of acknowledging, a moment of sharing um, appreciation and gratitude and things like that, or even expressing new things that, you know, we want to bring into the relationship or opportunities for us to share about ourselves in ways that we haven't before. So I, I really appreciate that. And it's good to, even with friendships or any other relationships, having that space to even um, grow in different ways. Thank you. Thank you, Akua. Um, Kristen, can I just add in one thing? Is that okay? Just real quick. Okay. So um, kind of going with what, what um, Akua was saying, because it was just sparking some reminders in me. Um, yeah. So, you know, like we have this idea that it's just like, oh, a healthy relationship helps us heal. And I think that's part of it. And I think that's a part of the bigger journey as well. You know, I think indicators of a healthy relationship are relationships that help liberate each other, um, liberate us from our own, you know, our own paradigms, our, our own preconceived notions of who we are. Um, and, and so, you know, like a healthy relationship is a relationship where two parties or more parties, again, you know, we could be talking about the relationship of a hockey team, of a military platoon, whatever the case may be, but a, a healthy relationship is when, oh, we got lots of babies on here now. Uh, a healthy relationship is a relationship where the parties are working together towards a common vision. Um, and so that's where, again, you know, like I, I love being able to, to, you know, consciously bring that intention into relationship where with myself and with Lacey and, and even with you guys here, you know, it, it's this energy of, of helping liberate each other and then also celebrating the process of that liberation, evolving each other into more of our sovereignty. And, and I can say that, you know, like not just through mine and Lacey's relationship, but but I can definitely say from that experience, like, and, and Lacey will say this to me as well, like she um, it, it very much being like a Sag, like a Sagittarius and everything like that. Like it was always this idea that I, I would tell her this. It's just like, I want, you know, like I'm here to help you spread your wings. Like I'm not, I'm not going to do it for you, but I'll hold space for it. And, and literally like the person that she, that she was like when I was, you know, like earlier on and, and when we weren't even dating at that point, um, it was a completely different dynamic relationship that I'm not going to get into, but, but needless to say, she was a very much like kind of like reserved version of herself. And, and I always saw, and this is a key thing of a healthy relationship is to not just see the person as they are, but to see the potential that resides inside of them, you know, to see not just with the eyes, but to see with your heart and be like, whoa, like there's a really creative, powerful, exciting, funny, inspirational person inside of you let's help bring that out. And, you know, so it's kind of like this idea of like watering each other, you know, filling each other's cup. And then lo and behold, you know, literally just through me, just kind of being a presence in, in Lacey's life, um, it supported her and motivated her. And now she is just like this much more liberated person of a complete. And, and again, it's not like, 
like she changed. It, it's just like she's become more of who she always was, yet maybe in different circumstances, she wasn't as liberated uh, to be able to do that. So um, so again, sometimes the, the liberation can be a process of freeing ourselves from an external environment, but it's also the internal process um, as well. And, and Dion in the chat, I just want to give a shout out to Dion, um, The Journey Within. And, and guys, be sure to follow Dion on, on YouTube. He's a good buddy of mine. Um, but with Dion just talking about holding space, I'll just mention this real quick and pass it over to Chris. And yeah, like I talk about this, I'm like holding space is literally a superpower. Like if you can get good at holding space, like that can resolve like any challenge in any circumstance, relatively speaking, you know, like holding space, literally just in the idea of being able to invite people to share, invite people to speak, asking questions, not just trying to tell them something, but just holding space for them. Or, or again, kind of like giving them the opportunity to be able to reflect, giving them the opportunity to share. Um, yeah, the power to be very present with someone is, is the virtues of, of a healthy relationship, you know, which is why I think a lot of relationships, they fail um, because, you know, like our, our presence is, is divided. Our presence is on our phones. Our presence is, you know, on, on our other social dynamics or things that aren't really even worth our attention. So when you're in a relationship, like, and, and, you know, like create those moments of intimacy, not just like sexually, like, like intentionally create moments of intimacy, eye gaze, really be present with someone, connect with your breath, connect on those deeper levels, connect through conversation, connect through the subtleties um, in a lot of ways. Because I think, again, you know, like, like the, the, what evolves into like a beautiful, healthy relationship, it's actually like, like, it's very like gentle, subtle things um, that, that kind of just naturally create this, this, this like ecosystem that we talk about that naturally builds over time. Um, but yeah, uh, that again, the idea of holding space is literally, literally a superpower. So again, thank you guys for holding space for each other here tonight. Kristen, we'll pass it over to you. And again, anybody else who wants to jump in, we'll just um, keep passing talking. So we'll pass it over to Lauren next. Go right ahead, Kristen. Yeah, I think holding space is super important. And I think that was a huge medicine I got from my last long-term relationship. He was very good at that. Um, and yeah, it plays into that metaphor you said with the flower. It's like you're not <laughs> closing that space that's being held. Um, yeah, so I want to touch on stuff that you said about, um, yeah, people people in their unconscious state and stuff that Ian said about those moments of just like reflecting back to people so they have the opportunity to become more conscious like so when you say what they said and they're like oh wait that wasn't that wasn't as conscious as I wanted and they modify what they're saying it's like even as conscious as we all are on this path and everything there's always going to be moments of like unconscious or subconscious stuff that's not that's slipping through the cracks so it's really a beautiful thing to to be a mirror for that stuff um so whether it's like the micro unconscious moments that ian's going through or like um when brenda was talking about people having like their unconscious kind of mound of stuff that they don't really know that they're acting out it was i just wanted to say that yeah you can't you can't really do anything about other people's unconscious material except for like be a model example of consciousness to them and that is like being the mirror it's just like holding strong in your consciousness not kind of buying into also being unconscious because they're being unconscious and that kind of like ping pong that can happen but in that in those dynamics I was in where I was being a rescuer in the past it's like a lot of the stuff that I was trying to rescue those people from was their unconscious material but I wasn't kind of addressing the fact that I was trying to get I had my own unconscious material where I had self-worth stuff that wasn't allowing me to feel like strong and conscious without trying to fix something 
And so it was like being, if if you're putting your hands like in in the pie of the other person, more than you're like aware of the compulsion for doing that, it's like you you are in that situation. Like is attracting like. You might feel like you're the savior in the situation, but part of that savior is possibly coming from its own unconscious stuff that you're not facing, and and part of you wants someone to reach into yours to <laughs> to lift you or whatever. Um, but one of the main things that kind of has like been like what what um, Brendan said about that. I want to marry this person moment. Like that is one of, I feel like one of the most um, prolific kind of um, unconscious, like, uh, yeah, waves that goes through people in relationships because we've we've lived with these like classic models of relationships to find the person, to have the kids, to get the house and all, all those things that is just like so old school now, um, but we still carry them. And, um, yeah, that's something that's really I became aware of quite early. So I'm 31 now, but I was 22 at the time that I was with this relationship that I keep referring to. And he and I were together for two years and we got engaged and we were talking about having kids. And when we ended up having a tipping point where I ended the relationship, I just thought, holy moly, I just nearly just brought a child into something so unhealthy. And like, there was no doubt in my mind, we would have gotten divorced. I would have probably been the primary care person for that child. And all of my liberation would have been put way on the back burner because I hadn't learned even who I was really yet. And I was playing out that pattern of like, um, I've just got to, this is the person and now we do the thing. And um, I had, I was shocked and I was also just had like this care for the child that would have been like, I can't believe I almost did that to a being because I have some um, internalized subconscious desire to hurry up and have a baby when I was only 22 and I'm 31 now and I have like I'm so open in that way because I had to really sit and go where is that compulsion do I actually want that is it actually helpful like to what is that child going to be and like I want to be in a relationship where it's like the child is a natural expansion of that love like there's that capacity for love grows in that collaboration and it's like we can bring something more into this rather than being like, oh my God, it's that thing. Like, you know, we better hurry up and live out the timeline that our parents lived out. Like, cause he was nearly 30. And so he kind of was living that out too. Like he was like ready to get married and he was dealt with his own stuff when we split up to be like, wow, I'm nearly 30 and I don't have all those things. Um, and yeah, I think it's it's really a huge responsibility on everyone individually to really meet what background automated expectations they're having in relationships to ensure that they're um, just conscious of them. Like just being like, is this playing out now? And not to constantly second guess yourself. But when we're in the heart's truth, it's expansive. It's not limiting. It's not like I'm running out of time. It's not like, um, yeah, this it's it doesn't have that rigidity that the heart's truth naturally has. And so if, if we start to feel that rigidness and that kind of maybe mild nervous system response, when we're thinking about getting something done, is it like, it's probably more fear-based than love-based. And we really need to keep coming back into that genuine love. Um, and yeah, there was also, um, yeah, what Akua said about, um, like when her partner triggers her sometimes and then it opens her into thinking about how 
like, oh, there's still this stuff here I need to deal with. Um, but I just think that that triggers are so valuable in relationships, especially when you've got that safety of good communication already. And um, essentially those triggers and stuff are there to show us that maybe there's like an expectation that we had that wasn't verbalized. And when that gets agitated and we don't get to have that expectation met, that expectation might be linked to an emotion or a belief that's not actually harmonious with the heart's truth. And so we get to go into that investigation mode when we're triggered rather than just being like, God, I hope they don't trigger me. <laughs> um, because it's always just such a beautiful thing to really meet your expectations with con like conscious awareness and see if they're actually harmonious to your core values or is it just like a preference that is coming out of fear that has been learned from some other situation or, or wound and yeah I think just yeah I'm just so I love relationships for that accelerated growth path that they provide because you have to meet that stuff like when you're in intimate connection with people um beautiful beautifully said Chris and yeah there's um kind of a quote that I heard once it's like it's like there's two things in life that will that will help you grow really really fast it's like one it's like being an entrepreneur and two relationships you know like relationships like they are that they are just like this natural accelerator um I'll just say one thing here real quick and I'll pass it over to Lauren and again you know this was um wisdom that was given to me by an older man way back in my day and, and he told me this even before I started getting into my earlier relationships and I I didn't even really start I didn't even have my first girlfriend until I think I was like 24 or give or take um for some reason i don't know normal whatever but anyways uh, it was what it was but um he said he said every relationship prepares us for the next one and and so like that for me kind of even though i didn't fully understand it as i got older i eventually understood it more um where again you know for for what i think is a healthy relationship a healthy relationship doesn't have to be the soulmate that you're going to live the rest of your life with you know like a healthy relationship is a relationship this is an example of a healthy relationship where <clears throat> two parties can arrive at the same time and and this would be how i would tell the story where basically it would it, kind of like what ian was saying it's like it's like you're choosing each other and in that moment you're choosing this is a metaphor that i use where it's like you're choosing to dance together for as long as the music lasts and when the song ends you say thank you for this wonderful dance and you go on your way and you wish them well and they go to dance with someone else and you go to dance with someone else and both of you are better dancers as a result of it but i think again you know to try and like put this pressure and this expectation of, of trying to make a relationship into something uh prevents it from being what it needs to be sometimes so again you know to just kind of like find this balance kind of what we were talking about earlier towards like trying to you know like like you want to be able to kind of find this middle ground but but not being too passive in a relationship but not being too aggressive in a relationship and then being present enough to be able to observe what the relationship is and what it needs to be for you and and even going back to what Akira was saying I'll pass it over to to Lauren um you know it's just like it's like you want to be triggered in a relationship why the hell are you in a relationship if you're not planning on being triggered like like any good relationship especially if you're young and you've got a lot of shift to unpack like like expect to be triggered like at least like four or five times a week on a good week and 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 honor that you know like your triggers are your teachers is something we can say but honestly the more conscious you are with those triggers you can move through them. And then if you're just like, man, like let's trigger each other four or five times a week, not in a malicious way, but just in kind of like a curious way. Right. Um, and then by the time you get into the relationship and it's the next couple of years and, and suddenly it's like, you're getting triggered maybe like, you know, once or twice a month. Um, and as a result of that, it's because you're, you're spending more time just really being present with each other. Um, the last thing I'll just say here real quick, 
I think a good dynamic to a healthy relationship is our ability um, to be and using the word dynamic twice, but to be dynamic in the way that we show up. Um, so, you know, if you think about a relationship with a friend or even um, especially a relationship with a child uh, as well, as well as a relationship with a partner. And, and again, you know, for some of you guys, you guys kind of know this, like I've, I've been a stepdad for like the past like year now. I don't talk about it all the time. Um, but with this, it's given me this opportunity to be able to, you know, like understand like how like especially with kids and everything, like you love them. But then there are certain times where it's like, it's like you're, you're speaking to them in a nice, like calm way, but then sometimes you're speaking to them in, in an assertive way. And, and so it's kind of like this ability to be able to, to use a little bit of that, like shift in tone when you need to, but still do it from a place in love, but then have the conscious awareness to, to consciously bring it back to that calm space. It's when you get stuck in that assertive mode unconsciously, that's when it kind of creates this like unhealthy pattern. And it's just like, oh man, like, like we, whoa, like easy there. You're projecting onto me. There's something unresolved. Like clearly someone yelled at you too much when you were young and now you're just repeating the process or something like that. So, you know, like in any relationship, again, like romantic and everything like that, you know, it's, it's, it's this dance of kind of like dancing fast, dancing slow, talking to them in a silly way, talking to them in a funny way, being serious when you need to, being quiet when you need to, all of these things. So again, I think the more that we become conscious of who we are, the more we get to kind of like experience the dynamics of who we are. And then we can bring the gifts of those different dynamics into the relationships and kind of consciously play around with them uh, as we go. So Lauren, I'll pass it over to you. Um, we'll keep an eye on the time. We'll probably go a little bit past 10. And um, the one thing we haven't talked about so, so much here tonight, and I also, I think it's good that we haven't talked about it, is like the whole concepts of like twin flames and soulmates. Cause I know, ooh, we're a spiritual community and we got to talk about twin flames and everybody's asking, do you know about twin flames and karmic relationships? I mean, we, we can, we can, but I think the fact that we haven't talked about it um, just goes to the fact that, you know, there's, there's a, a much more grounded kind of like, you know, reality to, to this discussion that doesn't necessarily uh, involve those terms. Um, but we can absolutely talk about it because I think it, it can provide some context to those of you who want to look at it through that lens. Lauren, over to you. Whenever you're ready, go right ahead. Wow, I loved everything everyone said. I have so many just notes of references and um, I loved that reflection. It's, it's actually some a part of hypnotherapy where you say, oh, what I heard you say and you repeat it back in the mirror and it's really interesting. But um, who, what do I want to talk about? I had so many things pop up when you all were talking. And so soulmates and twin flames. I mean, let's go there. Why not? We, <laughs> I, um, a little bit of my history is I think a lot of us have sexual trauma and a lot of us are very disempowered with our sensuality and our sexuality. And especially as women, and if you were raised Catholic, it was very, like you want to be in that purity culture or if not you're that like Mary Magdalene or um you know just promiscuous so uh, I never actually felt safe in relationships and we're talking about that like really feeling safe and seen and heard and so with the first relationship I brought in it was super toxic and they cheated and they were very abusive and it mirrored that childhood trauma that we were talking about and then I met one of my soulmates who finally made me feel safe in a relationship. And um, he truly was like the deepest soulmate. And we were together for eight years. We had a house together. Um, but then the awakening hit in 2020. And this, this was a big wave for twin flame activations, um, especially if you're around 31. And I, I know Chris and you were too. Um, and so that ended up happening where I was activated by someone that I believe is my twin flame. 
And this put me in this like, this state of, of indecision of like, I, I am so in love with Kenny, but at the same time, it feels like there's a depth, there's a vibration that's not matching anymore because I'm on this inner healing, inner work, breath work, meditation journey and they just were not at all and um you know interested was open-minded we had so many conscious conversations but there was a depth that I needed and it just wasn't there anymore um and we actually became polyamorous as well and so I dated a woman who was on that path and it was so wild because her and Kenny were like the same person (laughs) but she was like the spiritual tantric version of him. (laughs) And um, it was a mere reflection of what was happening. So I recognized this and I realized my own toxic behaviors and manipulation in that whole scenario where I wasn't following my heart. And it wasn't for the twin flame at all. The twin flame was this whole other aspect that just woke something up within me. Um, basically like a kundalini awakening of, of my whole entire life and how I was being in situations like the people pleasing and, and the needing to be something you're not or like fake facade of a world that we were talking about where we're just subconsciously living in hypnosis um, and taking in everything that's around us that's our tv we're watching whatever we're listening to the job we have um, the people that surround us is hypnosis, it's all hypnosis um, and how we speak. But so the twin flame activation is a very, very interesting wild ride. And because I also do hypnotherapy and past life regression, I was, there was so many synchronicities of the fact that I just wasn't comfortable in this relationship anymore. And it was probably one of the hardest decisions of my life to leave that relationship because it was the safest that I ever felt. But I'm happy to be who I am (laughs) on this journey. And it is, it's so true. It's like those people are there and you hold that flower and, you know, maybe someone else is holding the flower too hard and that makes you even go away from the other person holding the flower too much. Um, but you learn a lot. You learn so much in relationships. And I think the twin flame journey is, is one to learn about yourself. And it's not one to be like, oh, I need this other half. You know, you're whole exactly as you are. You're complete just as you are. And so learning more about yourself and, and the gifts that you have and your magic that you bring in and understanding who you are and who you want to be. Um, and people that surround us help us rise together or they can help us, you know, maybe stay a little stagnant. And there's nothing wrong with that. We can stay in that. We can be in that. We can, we can love in that. We can exist in that. But there's this pull to rise higher and ascend the planet's vibration. And I firmly believe that twin flames, they activate in the grid something that will help the planet to vibrate higher and more people to vibrate higher at the same resonance of the fifth dimension activation that's happening now. And since I fucking did that, I'm like a catalyst for twin flames, man. (laughs) I've seen so many soulmate contracts and relationships. 
and people come to me in their dreams and they're telling me that they're not happy in this relationship anymore. And I'm like, oh, I can't believe, I don't know. It's only happened a couple times, but enough times for me to be like, oh God. <laughs> Since I've done that now, it's, it's interesting. And I, I do believe that we have many soulmates. We have so many soulmates that fulfill us and our friends could be our soulmates too. And our, or all of our partners could be soulmates, but um, I, I still, I, the twin flame is one that I would love to hear other people's perspectives on as well, but it is a wild, wild journey to be on and to just know yourself more. Absolutely. Indeed. Quite the ride. Um, Kristen, I'll pass it to you for one second. I'm going to give just like a very short definition of my understanding of twin flame, just to be able to create some context here. And, and you guys may have your own, but this, this is kind of the issue with twin flames. It's just like, it's just like, oh, like what is the one definition? It seems that, you know, depending on which YouTuber or TikToker you're listening to, it seems like there's like a bunch of different definitions, but the one that's really resonated with me that I'm just like, oh, once I heard, it, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Like that, that actually helps me understand it. So basically I'll just simplify it real quick. Um, similar to what Lauren was saying, and, and you guys tell me if this makes sense for you, even in the YouTube comments, simply put, a twin flame would be someone along your journey who is there to be able to help spark your growth, much like a flame would. It literally sparks it, hence the flame idea. A twin flame does not have to be a romantic partner. A twin flame sometimes can literally be your worst enemy, like literally, like your antithesis, like your villain could be your twin flame. Like, like Batman's twin flame is the Joker sort of thing. Both of them kind of like spark each other and they are who they are because the other exists sort of thing. Um, so there's that. Can a twin flame be a soulmate? Sure, absolutely. Um, sometimes the twin flame relationships, they can kind of come for a brief period of time. You know, you might meet someone and, and maybe it's just like a quick thing over the summer and they really change your life and they help activate you and they help see something inside yourself you didn't see. And then you never see them again, sort of thing. Um, it may be around for a while, it may be just a short while. And then, so the other things would be like a, a soulmate, a soulmate relationship. Now, the, the key indicator of a soulmate relationship that I like to be able to perceive it through is focusing on the concept of harmonious. So a relationship that is harmonious, a relationship where, again, like the vibrations are a good match and things are working well, that would be a dynamics of a soulmate relationship. Um, and again, as Lauren said, this could be a romantic partner or it could be your friend. It can kind of be like the soul family thing um so like you could absolutely fall in love with your soul with a soulmate and you know that could be your life partner so to speak now there's one more term and and this is one that we don't always sort of talk about um and this is a little bit more kind of like ambiguous esoteric but very very interesting in the concept of just maybe it's possible maybe it's a thing um the idea of um to use a better term a less and better term uh the concept of a twin soul so a, a twin soul, this is a very interesting idea. This is the, the idea where if you were to think of things um, almost from like, like the way we perceive time right now is actually the reverse of what it actually is. Just, just sit with me here for a second. So basically what has happened within the dynamics of higher conscious experience is that like a soul over the dimensions and realities, it actually naturally fractals, it, it fragments. So you could have a fract, you could have a soul that could almost kind of like fractal into multiple bodies. And then that could be like a soul family. And then you 
could also have an aspect of that that specifically fractals into two different people. And then those two people come into union with each other, divine counterparts, similar to that. And then that person who may be your life partner, who you're meant to kind of create the sacred mirrorage with, this alchemical process with, um, would literally be like the, the union of, of two halves of a soul becoming one, yet each half in is in itself its own unique aspect of a soul. But it's kind of like, like two branches of a tree kind of like meeting and then realizing that they were one branch to begin with. Um, this is something that I know even for, for myself and Lacey, some people kind of talk about this. They're just like, they're like, man, like you guys look similar. You guys seem similar. Like, like you guys, like, like, are you guys cousins or something like that? And, I don't, and we kind of joke about that too. It's like, I don't know, man. It's like, what's going on here and stuff like that. Maybe like, honestly, like in this is kind of silly, but weird. It's like in some past life, maybe Lacey and I were brother and sister. Who knows? Maybe things happen like that. Like, why not? Sure. Who knows? And maybe it could have been, you know, maybe I could have been the father. She could have been the daughter, vice versa. Who knows? Right. It's, it's, it's just kind of a smorgasbord of, of multidimensional stuff. Um, but anyways, so the twin flames is uh, twin flames, soulmates, and then twin souls. So putting those in the glossary, but again, different people have the different definition. Kristen, I'll pass it over to you. Um, let's keep things moving around here. Go right ahead, Kristen. I'll, I'll, I'll step back for a bit. And does, does that resonate with you, Kristen? Is that kind of within a ballpark that you've heard, or do you have your own concept? We'll just, I guess, talk about it, but anything else you want to talk about? Go yeah. forward? I mean, I definitely feel like I've met, I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, you just, I've definitely vibe that like a lot of my close friends are soulmates. Like I, one of my closest girlfriends, I call her my soul wife. And I feel like we're married, even though like she's been with a guy for 10 years and we're just like close as this. And he just like accepts us now, like affectionate, very immersive relationship that we have. That's entirely platonic. And um, yeah, I thought, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't read heaps into t twin flame stuff, but, and I, and the definition I've read about twin flames was, was the twin soul one that you described and and also that they're really they can be really triggering <laughs> um which is is yeah I feel like it's true for Lauren like the, the fact that it's catalyzing something so huge and um my own yeah I'm really intrigued about them um in that way of like holding the flower like I'm intrigued about them I'm aware of people's experiences and um also not trying to hold it too tightly because I have through doing my crystal stall at festivals I've talked with a lot of people coming in about crystals and whatnot and I've had a couple of people coming in who haven't met their twin flame but are very fixated on the on the potential reality of this twin flame thing in in a kind of anxious way that I just felt really like um aware of I was like oh they're not going to miss what's meant for them like they need to relax like and it's not up to me to say what people need to do but I just felt like I could see it having an effect on their nervous system and I just I I wished for them that it wasn't having that effect um but yeah I wanted to talk on what Lauren said about that um that her being in this safe container because similar to me with my long-term relationship it was the ultimate container of safety and 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 the, it, that was the perfect place to also be doing polyamory from because it's like you can't really do polyamory in an unstable relationship it's just going to be volatile and damaging for everyone so um but I want to talk about the you've probably all heard about the sorry oh my god Maslow's hierarchy of needs um like pyramid of like the different needs that people have and basically the lower tier is all your kind of survival needs and your base level of like instinctual sex and um like safety and shelter and all those kind of base needs and then the next one is like 
um, bit more connection and stuff. And then there's another layer that's like hits on sex again and intimacy. And it's about when you, because you can't really cultivate that really deeper intimacy once you've, unless you've hit your kind of like primal requirements for safety and food and security and, and things like that. And then you can start to expand into it. At the top of the pyramid is the um, is self-actualization. And we constantly kind of fluctuate between the layers, but it's like for what I imagine with Lauren like, and, and me and my relationship, we really needed life to, to kind of prove to us that it could be that safe, like it could be that secure um, before we could advocate for the kind of depth that we wanted in other areas. So I'm the same, my partner wasn't kind of on the awakening journey, like he still liked to talk about it, but he wasn't kind of like pushing his own edges in other ways. And I'd just been like on this, you know, <laughs> speed train of 2020 to 2021 um, that was like um, leaving me in like just this completely unfamiliar realm. Like I didn't really recognize myself compared to the person I was when I met him. And we still had a lot of like chemistry and similar interests and safety. And we were really motivated about the relationship. Polly actually helped us get really devoted about what we actually wanted, like from us being the primary partnership and our relationship improved for um, like a decent amount. But because of that motivation and focus, we discovered that like the things that we were asking of one another was like actually trying to change one another at a fundamental level. And that I didn't want to do that. I actually loved him and he's freaking amazing. And he loved me and thought I was freaking amazing, but I was like, we're not each other's like we, by staying together, we impact on our level of fulfillment and we've got this one life. Like, and like, I think that people stay in relationships and forget about their relationship to fulfillment itself and like what kind of depth they want and what kind of um you know self-worth plays into it if you don't have self-worth you don't value your fulfillment but if you get to a level of stability with it you're like what what is fulfilling feeling what's going to give me vitality I've got this one life I want to really like juice this situation and is this relationship helping me to rise into that or is it are we actually holding each other back to some extent because me you know, me not being satisfied in some areas and him not being satisfied in some areas and us trying to like negotiate it over and over again and realising that we could be doing this, like negotiating this for two years and nothing might change was like, I'm actually, we, we just, in one of our chats were like, maybe we should talk about the possibility of not staying together. And it was just like the most conscious breakup that I've ever had. And we're still like so close. So we went on a trip together last weekend um, to see some friends that we hadn't seen in ages. And um, it just felt like so mature and aware and like loving even in the breakup. And um, I think that that is possible when people are in their truth and they're being honest with their heart and they're not seeing the breakup as like, it says that you don't love that person because sometimes the most loving thing you can do is give, give them that space to be themselves genuinely instead of trying to modify themselves over and over again. And um, uh, yeah, I just want to say to everybody that is listening that to that we sometimes we have those fear of loneliness, but if we never hold space for the depth that we want, then we will never know. <laughs> like we'll never know. So if you're in a relationship avoiding loneliness but actually putting in a cupboard all the things that you actually like crave like for your life that's aligned with your values and the sensation of your like intuitive potential and all that thing, you'll never know. 
And so we need to have that loyalty to self to hold that space and allow others to hold that space for themselves too. And um, yeah, I think that's just something really important um, on the kind of more conscious end of the spectrum. And I just wanted to touch on something on the kind of less conscious end of the spectrum before I finish, which is that um, if you are, th that there's a difference between respecting the privacy of your own relationship and being secret, secretive about what's going on in it. Um, so if you find yourself not wanting to tell your friends about the problems that your relationship's having, I just encourage you to see that as like a, internal red flag on yourself because what I stayed in this relationship that I was in for too long um because I wasn't talking to people about the problems I was pretending that we didn't have problems but the older we get and the more conscious we are even if we're younger is like every relationship has hiccups every relationship has conflict and it doesn't matter <laughs> the conflict doesn't mean the relationship is bad it's how you negotiate those situations and essentially the the kind of pathway to me being conscious of the trauma and pain of that relationship was when I started to start telling my close friends about it and they were like what and they were like not okay with what I was saying them and that was able to show me that I wasn't in integrity with my values I was being disrespected but part of me was hiding that for ages because I knew the answer to the question like I knew the responses that people would give me and I was trying to preserve it and it was unconscious on my part but if you're in if you're conscious that you're being secretive about a relationship, that might be a sign that you need to start talking about it just to get just to get a feel and to have mirrors around you show you whether that's like um, a relationship that needs some shift or needs some more awareness or needs some help um, because everyone's relationship is um, yeah hold on everyone's relationship is um yeah can be turbulent but we we. If we can be open about that, then people grow in their relationships much more easily because they're because we admit that we're all flawed and we can, yeah, we can um grow through that with openness and consciousness together as a little tribe. Like talk to your friends about your relationships. So that's just something I wanted to add there. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chris. And 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 uh, we'll we'll let you take care of some things and we'll uh Keep passing the talking stick around. Um, Ian or Lauren, do you guys want to jump in? And uh, we'll, we'll get close to wrapping it up in the next little bit. So we'll say maybe like 10, 15 more minutes on the clock. So go ahead, Ian. We'll pass it over to you. And wonderful job tonight, everyone. Beautiful discussion. So I'm, I'm just so grateful to hear this conversation as being an, something normalizing. Like this is what people are talking about. And people are looking at relationships from this way. Um, I think a lot of the, the issues that happen is people just start repeating those, those patterns that we discussed so much. And when we start actually talking about this stuff from this perspective and be able to open up people's eyes to these pieces, um, or even a lot of times it's not even opening up. Like people feel like, I feel it in my heart. I feel the resonance in my heart when, when everybody's talking here. And it, it, it makes such a difference in just the confirmation of what I already know to be true. And if I watch Family Guy or Modern Family, the messaging is significantly different. So I'm just, I'm, I'm really glad to, to hear um, what's coming out um, from, from everybody tonight. 
One of the things that I heard mentioned was uh, uh, Kristen actually, I think mentioned it was, I didn't even know if we had the same core values. And the truth of the matter is most people don't even know their core values. They don't have core values. And if they have core values, they don't have a hierarchy to them. They don't even have definitions to what those things are. So I would definitely encourage um, you know, everybody to, to, or anybody listening that feels called, like just get them down on paper and get very clear what those definitions are. And that allows, like it doesn't mean that it's there forever. They can be changed and expanded upon, but that allows one to sit with whoever they're with and say, here, th these are the things that values that I find important here. Do you like, tell me, like, is this, is this on the same page as you? Cause I know for myself, I was a very much an optimistic person in a relationship. Like I, I can get along pretty much with anybody and kind of overlook whatever's going on for a period. Right. And I can fool myself and see the best in other people. Um, and I expect them to have the same kind of like self-worth that I have. And I like, don't even know, I, I didn't even imagine somebody had low self-worth. Like it doesn't even make sense to me why somebody would have insecurities about certain things. I don't experience fear the way a lot of people do, or I didn't even know what anxiety was until I was in my twenties when I had a, a business partner that was having severe anxiety. And then I was dating somebody that severe anxiety. I'm like, what is this thing? And I caught it. It's contagious, by the way, <laughs> apparently, if you've never had it or you didn't know what it was. Um, but that, that's what happened to me. Like, I didn't even, I had no clue what it was. Um, and it was just completely out of my awareness. Had I had core values laid out, like, and they had core values, that's a good, like, a place to create a foundation. Like, they're almost like fundamentals. Um, another thing that Brendan brought up was about you want to be triggered. Like even hearing that could be triggering for some of the, why would I want to be triggered? So let me just tell you, cause I didn't think I wanted to be triggered. I wanted to be like clear of all my shit and just be like in this vibe, flowing, feeling really good. And Emily and I got together and we had our triggering moments and we got built protocol and we like took an engineering, so actually I took the engineering stance and said, hey, what if we do this piece? What if we do this piece and the language and intentionality and and, um, we, we actually ended up writing a book together called Heaven on Earth. And then we had to go through and create what our heaven on earth was. And we used specific language to draw that in. And we, we did a course and shared it with people. And eventually, after all of this stuff, everything was so perfect, so flowy, so sweet. And then all we had to say to each other was, I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. And then occasionally she'd be like, what are you thinking? <laughs> I'm like, I love you. <laughs> and it was like, what's going on here? What's going on? And we, we brought it up, like that, that in itself, that, that harmony was a, like a trigger, right? A trigger doesn't mean it's bad. It's just like something that activates. What are we doing? So we started getting even more like deeply authentic rather than listening to the voice that was in my head. That's like some bullshit thought that came from the ether somewhere. I would say it and I would say it consciously acting and I would act out the scene. 
And she would respond. And at first, like, it was like pushing on buttons. It was like, I would say it, she'd be like, ah, and would, or she would say it to me and I'd like, ah, whatever. It, at first it was like that. Like we were like testing each other. Like, could, can I fuck you up? Can I get you off your rocker? Can we play this game together? Can we go deep here? How intimate can we be? How deep into me I, I see? To the point where it became this, this, this awesome game where now we're like acting all the world's a stage. So it, we still do it. It's still like, it's a practice. It's just part of our routine. And we play this game and it, it makes, it reminds us like, this is what we did as kids. This is who we are. We like, we played cowboys and Indians in my generation. I don't know if that's allowed anymore. This might upset somebody, but that's something we did. We went into roles and we played these roles and we, we made the game up and the game got done and we put our bows and arrows and our guns away and we were onto the next game. And that returned a lot of the play into our relationship. So once we started thinking about our triggers from that perspective, then it became the game to do it. And um, we still play the game. We, we get triggered less and less and it becomes more expansive and we get connected more deeply. And then Mercury will go on retrograde. And then all of a sudden we're both like saying the same word at the same time. And we're like, how the hell is that happening? Like Mercury's, Mercury's in retrograde. We're not, why, why are we both going at the same time? Or we're like, do you want coffee at the same exact time? And then by the end of this cycle, we're like, like, like fighting with each other, but like whatever I'm saying, she's not here. And whatever she's saying, I'm not hearing correctly. And we're like literally going, I think I heard you say, do you want pancakes? And she's like, no, I was like, I'm going to go for a jog. And it was like totally different shit. But now because we have the tools and we play the game, it becomes this entertaining, fun thing that we can do. And some, we have some friends that do it too. We can now mess with them as well. And it, it becomes, it starts to expand out. And it's just, I think it was a really important thing that Brandon said was like, let the triggers come up. That doesn't mean your relationship's failing. If that's what's happening, like that, actually that's a very healthy thing. And then if they're not coming up, like figure out how to, Brandon also said something about helping um Lacey spread her wings right and and that's that's interesting because the doing the the triggers helps one spec spread their wings I think it was um well, I think it was Lauren that mentioned something about like people pleasing um at one point and if she just continues to people please and then people will just walk all over her but if somebody's like don't fucking say sorry to me one more time like I'm over that word like I don't want to hear it then that's a triggering thing. And then she's like, what, what do you mean? I'm not such a nice person. And, then, and, I, and I've seen this happen. Like bringing the, these things to the surface is like the most beautiful thing that we can do. That's actually true love in, in, in my belief is actually to be, a, let's be revealing and actually showing who we really are and bring it to the surface and let it become something new if we choose. Um, so that just that just all came up, and that was that was really spawned by what Brendan's saying there about being triggered. Um, the other thing that was really interesting with the twin soul definition that Brendan brought up for me, it reminded me of I studied Gnosticism um, for um, two years, eight to twenty hours a week, um, like 
in class, like just really into it. I had great teacher, great books and everything. One of the sections was Kabbalah. And they talked about um, Malkuth as earth and Yesod as the next higher level. And I might be remembering this a little bit off. So, um, however, the idea that they had talked about was this masculine energy, this feminine energy forming the union and now unifying the polarity of those two energies. And that was the key to escape the wheel, wheel of samsara, if you laid it over on that, um, that kind of thinking, to be able to escape Malkuth, purgatory, and move into the higher realms. So that just got brought to my mind on, on that. And I don't know where anybody stands on that, but that's, I think it's a beautiful thing to consider is, with these divine relationships and these divine unions and whatever they look like, um, keeping in the forefront of our consciousness that a lot of what we're doing here is part of the ascension process to something higher. And that's the expansion of consciousness is ascension, the rising or expansion. So just keeping that in the forefront of the thoughts is actually going to move us in that direction. And I, I think it's just really yeah, it's really beautiful. I, I'm really grateful for all of you for sharing and being open. Um, and I'm going to stay on, but I, I'll, I'll pass the torch over to whoever's got anything to say. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you, Ian. And, and again, to everyone here, this has been um, absolutely wonderful conversation. And I know we could talk about this for, you know, like hours on end. Uh, we'll get close to wrapping it up. Um, but, but yeah, you know, as we kind of like move into space for, for conclusion, uh, again, you know, it's, it's like, wh why? Like, why Why do relationships exist? You know, like, it, 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 relationships exist in order to be able to create new things. You know, it's, it's, it's simply put, like a relationship is the merging of the, it's the creation of the Vesca Pisces. You know, so like you've got one circle and another circle and then you bring them together and then you create this space in between and that space in between that is the seed and then that seed is what grows something new um so i mean obviously if you're looking at this it's like well my goodness yes if you bring people together the most literal example of that is the fact that you can birth a human you can birth a child you literally create life but again like it's the dynamics of bringing two people together to be able to create something new um through the experience of discovering who we are so it's like you know like that's the thing that i think is so so powerful about relationships and why i think we should actually be consciously seeking relationships while still being very present with the ones that we currently have um, is because you know in each unique relationship there is something there for us you know be it a friendship or be it whatever even if again even if it's a relationship with someone who you don't really get along with maybe it's a family member maybe it's a bully maybe it's an ex or something like that whatever the case may be but within each of those relationships it's, it's not just like the relationship itself that you receive it's it's the way that you get to see yourself show up for it which is very interesting so for an example if it is like a relationship that you're really feeling like a heart connection with. Um, I know for me, this was really exciting because when I started getting into relationships, when I started dating and stuff, um, not only was I getting to meet this other person for the first time, but I was also getting to meet those parts of myself for the first time, the parts of myself that got to see how I would show up intuitively within my own nature as a kind, caring, compassionate boyfriend, as a partner, as someone who, who kind of just like naturally wanted to be able to kind of 
like carry this energy of like like a romance, like a courting um, kind of energy, and really just like wanting to be able to to just kind of like like be a a, a, a kind of like a, a something like solid within that person's life, you know, and, and, and I think in, in a lot of my relationships, um, I, I seem to do that, not even in a way that like it, it was consciously, but more just my nature um, would be that, you know, like, like, all, like all of my partners, and, and again, this, it just was what it was. And I don't think this is really too unique to my circumstance, because we all deal with our own stuff. Um, all of my partners always had like, there was something like something was rocky, like there, there was something going on in their life and, and, and things weren't like fully, fully calm. Um, and then I would kind of like show up within their life. And then like, I would be this presence where they would be able to kind of like, like spending time with me for the most part, except when I was probably being annoying because I mean, it happens to the best of us. Um, but spending time with me for them was kind of like, it, it was like, it was like a, like, like a, a, a place where they it kind of what I was talking about earlier. It's like a, a place where they could feel safe, a place where they could relax and everything like that. So for me to be able to see myself kind of create that dynamic, um, like I said, I got to meet that part of myself and I got to become aware of that part of myself. And then I got to become aware of that part of myself and how I could apply it to other things um, as well, which I mean, you guys see here for, for those of you who have been tuned into my circles. I mean, I've, I've hosted how many of these circles you guys keep coming back. Um, this isn't me tr like, uh, yes, I'm trying to create a safe space, but this is also me just kind of exhibiting my nature um, to be able to do that. And so I think through, through any of us, when we get into these conscious like again it's like it, the relationship doesn't have to be a conscious relationship we just have to bring consciousness into any relationship in order to be able to to grow out of it uh and, and so when we do that again start getting like i think like curiosity is something that we want to bring into any relationship like you know like like what what is there within this for me not not and, and and again it's not just like oh i'm only in this relationship because i'm trying to get something out of it um but again you know you you receive by giving and so i think in any in, in the most part in, in relationships you know this is where for me when i was reflecting i'm like trying to understand what true love was for me simply put true love was the act of wanting to give um and, and and wanting to be able to like help assist another person on their path and wanting them to be able to like you know fulfill their dreams and live their life purpose and this this was this was a big kicker for me and this came out of you know like um in, in posts like breakups and everything like that um for me like 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 deep love like like I, I didn't just call it true love I created my own term I called it deep love for me deep love was wanting the best for another person even if it didn't involve you and and that was something that I had to go through my own healing with because I noticed there was a period where like you know um, there was like a relationship breakup, <clears throat> like, um, like me and my girlfriend at the time, like we were kind of like getting into polyamory. Um, and she was like, kind of like starting to see another guy. And I wasn't really like totally able to navigate it quite in, in, in an easy way and everything like that. And then, you know, it was kind of like, like subconsciously, um, I was dealing with kind of like this, this kind of like subconscious, um, like wanting to control, uh, and I wasn't fully aware of it where I was just like, it's just like, oh, you know, like, like, like I want her to be happy, but preferably if it's with me, you know, preferably if, please, please be with me, not him with me, please. Like, you know, like I want you to be happy with me. Like, right. Like I'm just like stuck in this loop. And then, and then eventually after meditating and, and, and really like what I had to do, I had to like visualize and basically create these like conversations within my head. 
um, through my meditation of, of like conversations I was having with him, the other guy, and with my, my, my partner at the time, who was soon enough, not my partner at the time. And really just being able to speak from them through my place of meditation and just be like, be like, I, I love you. And I want the best for you, even if it doesn't involve me. And, and I genuinely want you guys to be happy. And as soon as I was able to meditate on that and kind of release that, it was like this expansion with inside of me. And, and then honestly, that expansion, you know, kind of goes through shifts and waves, especially with breakups and everything like that, where you kind of feel like it's just like viscerally, you feel like this distortion and within your body and, and out of relationships. I think one of the best things to be able to do is kind of like, like physically move your body, move that energy. Like it gets stuck in your body, go on walks, go exercise, move your body, start engaging with yourself. And, and this is what eventually I learned. I learned that, you know, like there is, there is a new relationship. Like they, there, there is a party with your name on it around the corner and kind of what, what we were talking about earlier. I think um, Kristen mentioned it uh, as well. Uh, this idea that like, you won't miss anything that's meant for you. So your job, if you're just like getting out of a relationship and you're eager for that next one, don't go chase that next relationship. Instead, focus on cultivating like, like your own inner self love, like bring up your vibration, so to speak, bring up your vitality, focus on really just like following your heart passion, your heart song. And then lo and behold, like as you do that, you'll naturally just synchronistically that other person, they'll just show up one day. Like every single relationship that I've had, like when it became that next relationship, it just, it just happened. It just right place, right time sort of thing. It was never like, I've, I've never like chased anyone on Tinder or anything like that. You know, I think sometimes when we do that, like, that's like, not to say it can happen and everything like that. But usually if we do that, it's like, it's like, oh, maybe it's not going to have the substance that it is that we're looking for. Um, but that's like, that's the kicker, right? So it, instead, if, if we can start looking at breakups as being breakthroughs, you look back and you say, I'm grateful for the time that we've had. I've grown as a result of it. And now I'm ready to be able to open myself up to the new adventures ahead. And again, reminding ourselves that the most important relationship at the end of the day is the relationship with ourself. Everything kind of going right back to what we started. Everything is a sacred mirror. Nosite ipsum, kind of going talking about the gnosis stuff that, that Ian was talking about as well. Like that's the journey. That's what we're here to do. So it's like every time we're triggering each other, every time we're inspiring each other, it's like we are learning, we are seeing, and we're not just learning who we are, but we're also learning who we are not. So, so over the course of relationships, and eventually as we get into those more conscious relationships, eventually we kind of like reach these levels of maturity and consciousness within our life where we're just like, whoa, like I have arrived. Like, like I, 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 I can feel like a deeper connection with, with my own being. I, I know who I am and yet I'm still open to seeing more of who I will become because it's always chapters. Um, you'll know who you are with the relative circumstance of where you are, but then the chapter will change. And as a result of that, it will bring forth a new expansion of your character. Um, an example for myself, you know, like, like in the past year, like I said, I kind of became a stepdad and now I'm in this next chapter of my life where I'm literally, you know, going to be the father of a child. So it's just like, okay, like this is my next step of my evolution. And so for me to just be conscious with it is ultimately all I have to do. And then, then in the process of doing that, you know, like I'll intuitively just allow myself to show up in the best way um, that I can uh, in, in that circumstance. So um relationships are are, are are teachers and 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 the more conscious that we can become of that the, the more that we can receive from them and, and the more that we can be conscious the more that we can find ourselves kind of like learning the lessons sooner 
instead of having to repeat them um, as well, which is again a whole topic in itself. And, and yeah, and I would just say quick tip for, for anybody out here, because I, I see this a lot. I see it on TikTok and I'll pass it over to, to Lauren and, and Ian and, and Kristen, if she's still there, and we'll just kind of go around one more time with closing thoughts. Um, but yeah, you know, quick tip for, for those people who, you know, maybe younger and maybe more impressionable and have had this kind of idea of like a twin flame and a soulmate within their mind. Um, again, don't, don't hold on to that idea, idea too tightly. You know, you can use it as a bit of a, a mark on your map, a bit of a compass and things like that. Um, but be very careful with how you use those terms. Be very careful if you're telling yourself this idea that's just like, oh, this person's my twin flame. This person's my soulmate. I have to, like, this has to work. And this has to, because like, you're going to set yourself up for, for a deep lesson where it's going to teach you to be humble because, you know, maybe it's not going to be exactly what you thought it was going to be, especially if you're young. I mean, God bless you if you meet someone when you're like in your early 20s and you end up spending the rest of your life with them. That's not the majority of the case. Um, if anything, like I, I wouldn't even want that because then I'd be missing out on, on the many relationships still to follow. Um, so again, you know, just kind of like, like if you can show up in a relationship and just really be present with it where it is at, knowing that it will end not that it will like end to end, but knowing that it will transform as you transform and thus move into a new relationship with a new person, another part of yourself. I mean, you're essentially just dating yourself and different people over and over and over again on a deeper esoteric level. Um, but again, just for you to be able to kind of like hold that perspective, I feel is, is much healthier opposed to putting this projection onto a relationship and saying, well, this, well, you're my twin flame. So you can't break up with me or you're my soulmate. You can't, you're breaking my heart. Exactly what Ian was saying. It's like, you're making me feel this way you're doing this. It's like, that is a quick way to be able to, you know, like burn down the house of a relationship instead, just let the relationship breathe and let it be what it is. Be very conscious of the labels you put on it. Otherwise you're going to miss like the, the purity of, of, of its true essence, so to speak. So anyway, it's just a little quick tip there for, for all our um, younger spiritual seekers who are still going through those relationships. Don't like, forget about the labels, forget about the labels. Don't even worry about them. Just be present with what it is. And open your heart to the idea, knowing that it will end, quote unquote, end. And the, the fact that it is the fact that it is transient almost will allow you to appreciate it even more. So anyways, the seasons change and, and so does everything else. Um, if that resonates with you, drop some 11 11s in the chat. I appreciate everybody being here so much. This has been some great practice. Just sharing. That's all this is. This is just practice. So let's just go around one more time and, and share some, uh, any other thoughts and closing thoughts as well. So Lauren or Ian, if either of you guys want to go next, just go ahead and let me know and, and I'll pass it over to, to either of you. And then we'll, uh, we'll be close to, to finishing it up here. So um, Lauren, did you want to go next? Considering Ian went before? Yeah, go, go right ahead if you'd like. I just want to send some gratitude to you both or all of you. Um, I picked up a lot tonight and it's just interesting to meet new people that are on this path. So I loved what you said about singing the heart song. So singing the heart song, remember that you belong. And that's what I got. <laughs> Have a good night. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lauren. I'm glad you're able to join. Um, Kristen, I'm not sure if you're there, but if you are there, feel free to jump in. And uh, Ian, we can pass it over to you if you want to just share any closing thoughts and gratitude, and then we'll, we'll pretty much be done after that. Yeah, I feel, I feel complete. Um, I, I really enjoyed having this conversation, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, your little baby brought it up behind the screen here coming up soon. So uh, thank you for putting this together and inviting us all here and 
thank you everybody that shared and everybody that's been in uh, you know, commenting or watching here. Go check out more of what Brendan's doing here. He's really uh, creating something very, very unique. And uh, check out his Patreon and all that stuff. It's I, I did a call with him and it, it blew my mind how much time and commitment he he gave me for for what uh, you know what I put in to, to start. He just thank you so much. Thank you, Brendan, so much. Um, and uh, check him out. So thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you Ian, so much. And, and it's, uh, it's, it's felt very natural having you just jump right in here. Um, that, that's the one of the beautiful things about, you know, like, and again, speaking on the dynamics of relationship, um, a very powerful idea that I always kind of hold is this idea that like, we're connected with the people we haven't met yet. You know, we're connected with people before we even meet them. So, you know, like when we have those synchronistic moments, even if it is like virtually and online, um, usually you'll feel that, you know, like, like become aware of the subtle energies and you'll be able to kind of like pick up on that and be like, oh, like this is, there's a connection here. There's a familiarity here, soul family, soul tribe, whatever the case may be. And so, um, Ian, thank you for, for joining in. And, and for those of you who, who may be tuning into this as well, who are uh, more familiar with Ian than they are of, of me, welcome. And, and I'm so grateful for, for your support and uh, yeah, happy to be able to continue to build this awesome community. Um, just to give you guys a quick plug, um, me and Ian, we're going to be hosting a, an event coming up. Uh, we actually have a date set for it. It's going to be a collaborative event with Portal to Ascension. Uh, if you guys are familiar with Portal to Ascension, our friend Neil, we're good. We're, we literally just like had a meeting about it today, so we're going to have more details on it. And it's going to be about the 14 laws of the universe, and we're actually going to do it in like a part one, part two, part three. So the first part will be like part like laws like one to three to four, maybe, and then uh, and then we'll come back a couple weeks after that and continue that. And so I'll be kind of co-hosting that, and Ian will be uh, speaking in it. And Ian's got a lot of cool stuff uh, as well, so be sure to check him out on Instagram and check uh, the link in his profile, and you can check out some courses that he has there uh, already online as well. So that will be March 10th at 8 p.m. EST. So it'll be like a Thursday event, but it'll be like a special Thursday broadcast. We'll talk more about it as we go, but I just wanted to give you guys a heads up so you can get excited about it. So uh, with that said, Lauren, Ian, everyone in the chat, everyone listening in the future, thank you so, so, so much. Uh, again, just concluding thoughts. The most important relationship is the relationship you have with yourself. Just keep bringing mindfulness. Be gentle with yourself. Be curious. Know that everything is there to be able to help you learn. Hold space for, for yourself and for others. Be compassionate. Be empathetic. And uh, yeah, go out of your way to, to you know express that kindness and help lift each other up and, and communicate. Communicate with your partner and just you know check in with them. Just be like, is there anything I can do for you? Is there anything you need? You know, If you want to talk, let me know. Those little things make the big difference and um yeah just be you and, and and i'm sure you'll 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 be exactly where you need to be in order to learn what you need to learn and that will take you from one relationship into the next and that's how we grow so we'll wrap it up there all the links that you need for this are in the info for this video the discord the patreon the links for all the creators um kristen do you want to say anything there, there's still time you can just jump right in go right ahead kristen please do i'm sorry i missed the end oh, there, but I say like this has been awesome been lovely listening to you guys um talking about this topic and yeah i think relationships are super important and doing it consciously is just the best way so <laughs> um nice to meet you all and yeah pleasure hearing your thoughts on the topic beautiful awesome thank you Kristen. thank you for joining and yeah uh everything that you need are in the info for this video join us on all those platforms connect to us on ibble and um lots more stuff coming up your way so if you guys have more thoughts and comments on this leave them in the chat and uh, feel free to reach out to me as a direct message anytime and be sure to connect with these other awesome creators we love you guys so much have a beautiful rest of your day wonderful weekend and until next time we'll see you guys around much love keep a shift everyone bye guys bye guys we love you take care thanks again